You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ah, got him. That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime in accordance with the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, which is just a couple days away, uh, as well as The Mandalorian and uh, Clone Wars and Jedi Fallen Order and all the other awesome and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I am your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tim and Paul. How's it going, guys? I'm going to quote Red Leader right now. This is it. Just as he's got during the trench run. This is what it feels like. Oh, <laughs> the man. Trench run of the final stretch to episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. And man, it's hard to believe that we're at this point. We're not at the movie quite yet, but just the fact that we're in the week of its release. It's just crazy because this whole past few weeks, ever since we hit December, I've just been thinking like all the press tour that's been going on with the cast and JJ, just how crazy it was back in October 31st, 2012, when we got the announcement that we're getting a sequel trilogy and just how far away episode seven sent 2015, we're only in 2012. Oh, it's going to take forever. Oh, man. Here we are, 2019. The mm-hmm. sequel trilogy is about to end. It's crazy, but boy, am I excited. This is going to be a fun week. I'm excited at the same time trying to savor the this fun and excitement that this week is going to have because it's going to be it for a while. So I just want to have it be a fun week and just have some good memories of seeing the final installment of the Skywalker saga. So yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, this is a, as much as we're going to talk about the star Wars TV here in a second, as much as I love star Wars TV, this, you cannot replicate this feeling yeah. of anticipation for a film. And I want to say that I'm going to compare it to uh, something like a sports analogy for, for those who maybe aren't into sports, bear with me. But it's kind of like watching your team play a playoff game opposed to just a this a good game, right? Like it's mm-hmm. that's what it kind of feels like. Because I'll never forget. I'm gonna compare this to my to a, a real personal experience. So bear with me. It's uh, years ago. The Seahawks. Uh, I know people are like rolling their eyes. Seahawks <laughs> went literally set. Uh, they were seven and uh, seven and nine. And they won their division at the only losing team in football to to win their division and and get a home playoff game. And I'll never forget when when they made the playoffs, my brother and I, we both said to ourselves, do we want to make the playoffs at seven and nine and be a joke or lose the game to get in the playoffs and get and actually get um, a, a good draft pick? 
And, you know, we won the game and my brother and I like, you know, okay, whatever. So we, and we went and sat, we sat down and we hadn't in the Seattle hadn't been in the playoffs in a while at that point. And I'll never forget my, my older brother looked at me when, when the game started and just kind of got all pumped up. He said, and he slapped my knee. He goes, you know, I, I wouldn't trade this feeling for the world right now. And it was it's such a, spe- it was like, yeah, exactly. It's like the playoffs are great. And I started thinking about which ended, the game ended up being a huge, one of the most memorable runs in fo- football history. It would never, never have gotten it if we, we said, if I, you know, if they listen, listen to me and said, let's lose the game. The reason I bring this all back to Star Wars is that we, with the new age of Star Wars TV and movies going to now once every two, three years or whatever, you know, who knows what happens? I mean, the future is uncertain at this point as far as when we get another Star Wars film. But there's nothing like a Star Wars, the, all the anticipation, the the payoff, the buildup, and it, it really is, you can't replicate that with, with a TV show. You can to an extent, it can get close, but it's not quite the same playoff atmosphere that you that you get when it's special, when it's in a theater. You have the buildup, it was big, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is a, I, I want to savor this moment as much as we can, because it's, I'm not going to, it's not going to be 10 years, but it's going to be a little bit, I think, before we get another uh, film in the, in the pipeline, I think. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a while before the hype levels are where they are right now for, for a movie as big as this. Now, Paul, you had me wondering, was that the year that Malcolm Butler picked you guys off in the end zone or was that a different time? Why do you have to bring this up? Because <laughs> I'm a Patriots <laughs> fan and I got it. <laughs> no, um, it's not. It's no, I, I, I have no idea. I wasn't paying attention to what the Seahawks were doing oh, that year. Oh, oh, um, yeah. oh, but anyways, yes, Star Wars. Very excited about that. Um, and Before we talk more about Rise of Skywalker, um, and by the way, we're recording this Monday night. The world premiere is happening right now. Like, it's kind of blowing our blowing my mind that, like, people are watching the movie right now as we're talking about it. Um, but uh, before we get into Rise of Skywalker, we did want to touch on The Mandalorian for a little bit. Um, we've all been on individual episodes of uh, Faster, More Intense, where we've talked uh, in depth about certain episodes of The Mandalorian. And I think we talked about like the first couple episodes on here, but we're now six episodes into it um, and only two episodes left to go in this first season. Um, so thoughts on the season so far? How are you guys liking it? Still I, loving it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think The Mandalorian is just just beautiful. I really I, I mean that in all in all in all phases because it is something that I mean it is gonna be like kind of like a diss on it a little bit. You can definitely see the budget restraints compared to a film. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you, you see those and, and I don't mean like like throughout the it's not like it's it, it's everywhere because there's moments where you can tell it spares no expense and other words, other times where it's like, we got to tone this down to make sure we, you know, that way we can kind of pay off for other scenes in different parts or whatever, you know? Um, but that being said, I think this show is a, is beautifully balanced. And, and so I don't even notice that stuff really until I watch it the second or third time. And I, I think the show is just showing you that star Wars is, is such a it's not a niche market and it's not 
it, it's 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 really for everyone. It really is, and it, it really welcomes any kinds of people that really want to see different things in their shows. And I think Star Wars is is in the Clone Wars demonstrated that I think better than anything in Star Wars. Honestly, that it can tell all kinds of different stories, and that's the the beauty of Star Wars. It's so it's so um, versatile in what it can do. The Mandalorian, I think, is is showing that to an extent. Um, it's a little more specific than Clone Wars, obviously, but at the same time, we're getting lots of different kinds of episodes. Like I, mm-hmm. um, Rick Fumiyama, um, who directed episode two or, or chapter two and chapter six of this, this came out last week. They are vastly two different episodes. Oh yeah. And, and he did a phenomenal job directing those two episodes. They have such a different feel and they are both great. And they are definitely two, like, they're not, they're not similar, really. The only similarity is that they say they star the same characters and are based in Star Wars, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple. And I just, I, I'm blown away how well that they have really captured the essence of Star Wars and also, like, doing something a little different that's also somewhat familiar, so you're not just kind of, getting something different for different sake. You're getting the whole ragtag, you know, suicide squad, if you will, which again, that's a trope. And it works though in Star Wars because Star Wars is full of, of, of traditional film story uh, tropes that develop these characters and, and give you a different perspective of space fantasy. And I think that that is something that the, the Clone Wars did a great job of after the films did. And the Mandalorian is just picking that up and, and going forward with it. So I've been really impressed that they've, for the most part, have nailed all these different story tropes and making them still seem fresh in the eyes of Star Wars. And even with the Clone Wars, we have the episode where they they all uh, train that's basically a Seven Samurai inspired, right? We That already happened in a Clone Wars episode. Mm-hmm. It was different enough that you, it made sense because, let's face it, Every, not, there's multiple villages that are probably getting raided by multiple kinds of marauders and pirates, not just, you know, Hondo and Naka and these uh, other guys, the Clintunians, whatever. So it's, it's just refreshing to see something Star Wars that's not what we're used to seeing. And it's really taking the differences that it can do and taking those and running with it. I, I just been extremely impressed with everything. Um, it's, the Mandalorian really is. I I don't want to say it's saving Star Wars because I don't think it needs saving, but I really think it's pushing Star Wars forward. I really do. I know that people could debated me because it's it's, you know, people. One thing I've I've heard people say, you know, or people who have, are very critical of Star Wars, I'll just say, have said Baby Yoda is. Uh, I'll. Someone told me that Baby Yoda was like Urkel. What? And, <laughs> no, 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 no. That that it because Urkel was introduced in Family Matters, right? Yeah. And became a phenomenon. Became <laughs> a phenomenon, and he took over the show. And he's like, okay. I'm afraid that that Baby Yoda is going to be Urkel. That he'll he'll take I over the show. Okay. And, and I said, no, there's no way. And we debated, and he and, and he even said, I'll, I'm curious what season two will be. And I and and it's funny because he said that two weeks in a row, and you can debate about the fifth episode all you want. But that sixth episode, this last episode, these last few episodes barely focused Baby Yoda. Mm -hmm. And I really think the sixth episode, you got to see how the Mandalorian 
can really carry the show without Baby Yoda. He already did the first episode. We all know that. But the sixth episode with Baby Yoda, even a little bit in it, it was his, it's his show. And he carried it and it was phenomenal. And, and I'm, I'm going to wrap up here my thoughts, but I just, I have to say that any doubt you have of the Mandalorian being able to carry the show without Baby Yoda, it was proven right here in the sixth episode. Like mm-hmm. you don't need Baby Yoda to carry the show. And I think what's what's interesting, I'm gonna toot my own horn my own horn here for a second. What did I say about the Mandalorian? I said this will be the next Game of Thrones. This will be the best, like number one TV show, basically. And look what's happened. Now, I never predicted that they have a baby Yoda thing that's gonna, you know, capture the mainstream, but I did pick I did imagine that this show will capture the mainstream. And this is what I'm saying is that this is going to be the baby Yoda lures in the mainstream, right? As we all see, but the Mandalorian is going to keep the mainstream because he's what the draw. And that's what people are going to be, are going to get, you know, used to eventually. So that's the, uh, yeah, that's it, it's to me, the show is, is transcended even baby Yoda. And I think that's where we're at right now. And I'm, I couldn't be happier because episode six proved to me without a shadow of a doubt that Mandalorian can carry his own show without Baby Yoda. Yeah. And I think, I mean, for me, that was never really in question. Like, we all love Baby Yoda and there's the memes and, you know, they're finally announcing merchandise that's coming out next year and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I mean, the story is about the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda is almost like the MacGuffin of the show in a way. Like he's sort of the source of the conflict. Everybody's after him because he's got Baby Yoda. But um, I mean, he's our main character. He gets all the action and the the backstory and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see them focus on him more as a character um, and definitely excited to see, uh, you know, where this goes like season two and moving forward. I will say. For the, I, I think one thing that's almost kind of good about the show is like, you know, the first three episodes, everybody was over the moon about it and was saying some of the same stuff you're saying, like, oh, this is saving Star Wars and this is the best thing since Empire Strikes Back and this is easily the best thing that's come out of Disney Star Wars and blah, blah, blah. And then the last three episodes have been a lot more divisive and people have been criticizing the acting or saying that it was boring or for whatever reason, a lot of people hated the fact that they went back to Tatooine in episode five and thought that was like pointless and redundant. And I'm like, really, it's a story about a bounty hunter traveling around the outer rim. And for one episode, they stop on Tatooine and you have an issue with that. Okay. Um, (laughs) But just the fact that I feel like the, like I, I've enjoyed every episode so far. And I think the last three episodes have still been good, but I think it's, show it's to me brought it down a little bit to a more like reasonable level like the first three episodes were so great you were like oh can it keep this up and it was like it had to slow down at some point now these three episodes in the middle of the season have been like okay this isn't blowing my mind but I'm still getting good enjoyable Star Wars every week Um, and you're kind of just seeing more like what the average episode of the show is going to be like on a weekly basis. And sometimes you're going to get mind blowing sequences of Mandalorians flying in on jetpacks and shooting up the joint. Um, and then other times, you know, you're going to get, uh, what's her face? The, the mechanic lady, you know, chiding the Mandalorian about, oh, you leave your baby on the ship and whatever. Um, so, you know, it's, it's had its ups and downs, but like in a, a, reasonable way like I've still like I said I've still enjoyed every episode um 
And I like I no longer sort of have those lofty expectations of like, oh, this needs to be like Star Wars on the level of Game of Thrones. Like it's been that level of hype and like um, sort of like you said, the way that it's just invaded the mainstream and everybody's talking about it. But I don't know if I would say it's on that same level of quality um, in some of like the earlier seasons of Game of Thrones. But it doesn't need to be. I mean, I think Game of Thrones probably had a higher budget. Um, and even if not, even if the budgets are comparable, I think Star Wars, you know, they're probably spending more of the money on effects and stuff. Um, so I will say one of my main gripes of the show is like some of the side character performances have been a little bit lacking. Um, I liked the entire crew that they had in the most recent episode, the whole, you know, crew of bounty hunters. I know some people had issues with those, but I, I thought those were all fun characters. But, um, some of the other one-off performances here and there, I have kind of varied in quality for me. Um, but yeah, just overall, it's, it's fun. And I think going into the show, just from the brief teasers and stuff that we saw, I thought this was going to be like gritty, intense Rogue One style Star Wars with lots of Mandalorian action and him just taking people out. And it was going to be, you know, kind of gritty and violent and all that. And never in a million years thought we'd see him crawling up the side of a sand crawler, uh, you know, getting zapped by Jawas or playing with Baby Yoda or, you know, some of the other just like wacky stuff that we've seen. Um, and it's just it's just fun, you know, like and if you I can understand why maybe some people are disappointed by it. If you still have those lofty expectations or you want serious stuff in your Star Wars. Um, but if you don't mind, uh, you know, having a comedian playing a gunslinger and cracking jokes about, oh, what are you, a gun gun owner there? You know, Misa can't take Misa helmet off. <laughs> um, I'm like, you I know, it's it. fun little stuff like that or seeing the pit droids on in Moss Eisley, like, you know, I've I've just enjoyed all this kind of fun, wacky stuff that they've thrown in there. Um, and it all feels fitting and, you know, stuff that we're used to seeing in the Star Wars universe. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, I just got to echo with what you guys are saying, just how I've enjoyed every single episode. And, yeah, some are going to be more amazing than others, like the first three were. But it's going to be expected with a TV show. So sometimes because Star Wars has such high, lofty expectations, you kind of forget the realm that it's in the TV media where not every single episode is going to be, like, as great as those first three were. And we've experienced that with Clone Wars. We've seen some amazing episodes of Clone Wars where – the production and quality was off the charts and cinematic. And we got some already like that with Mandalorian, but we're also seeing how not every episode is going to be like that. And as you said, that's totally fine. I still enjoyed with what I've been getting pretty much every single episode. And to kind of piggyback with what you said, Paul, I just love how every episode is just so different from each other in its location, its feel, its tone, but yet it's still so Star Wars when I watch it. It's in the Mandalorian as a character. I just think keeps getting better and better. That's of course, he's the heart and soul of the, the whole series since he is the lead character and you, they're doing a great job of kind of expanding on him in each episode. They throw little nuggets of his, his of his past and a little bit more of his kind of his personality of what type of person he is. So all that stuff is great as it's sprinkled out through the different adventures he's going on at each episode but i just love how varied and different they are um, going to just the first two episodes or just they're ones that kind of play off each other as far as like a continuation you can maybe even say about the third one but then we just the next three are just all totally different i just love how different they are and i've seen some complaints about 
how you know it needs to get back to more of the focus of the story of baby yoda and the client that's after him and what why do they want him and all that and i we're gonna get that it's gonna be there but Mm -hmm. i just think some fans or just audiences forget about not everything that has to be serialized television in order for it to be good episodic television as long as you're getting entertained and good stories in those episodic episodes that are just standalones, that's perfectly fine. And I felt that's what those three middle episodes of the Mandalorian have been. And I agree with some of the criticisms on there in the fifth episode, even though I did enjoy that one, but you can kind of tell where certain elements of it didn't quite work, but it was still a cool story of seeing a bounty hunter, an experienced bounty hunter take on a up and coming, a rookie bounty hunter that's in over his head and he has to kind of show him the ropes and show him how to do things. I love seeing stuff like that. And have it be on Tatooine, have it interact with Tusken Raiders. That's that's awesome. We're getting yeah. live action Star Wars content that's exploring that stuff. I mean, how cool is that? So, yeah, I'm just enjoying the heck out of it. And again, as I said, when we talked about the first two episodes, you throw Baby Yoda in the mix. And just what a great surprise that was. And while we haven't gone full on exploring uh, his origins and you know more about the species of Yoda and where they come from. John Favreau did say that they are going to dive into that, obviously, in these last two episodes, since there's only two left. So that stuff is coming. Still not sure how much, but even though it just that bond that they have already, this this show just has a lot of heart between yeah. the Mandalorian mm-hmm. and Baby Yoda. It's just awesome to see, and it's some it wasn't expected, but it's such a welcome surprise, and I'm mm-hmm. just loving every bit of it. And I do love how it is branching out into the mainstream too, and it's becoming you know like a pop culture phenomenon almost. I mean, sports shows I've watched on MLB Network, the Yes Network, the Yankees Channel, they're referencing Baby Yoda in their uh, hot stove baseball talk shows. I mean, <laughs> come on, <laughs> when they're getting re- recognition and stuff that has nothing to do with Star Wars, you know you're reaching the mainstream like never before <laughs> as far as Star Wars TV is concerned. So it's just great and. Um, there's just so much to love about it for different reasons. And I've got like family members, like some of the biggest fans of the show are, are my parents. <laughs> my mm-hmm. mom is just totally in love with baby Yoda. And my dad who grew up loving Westerns, Western films, just loves that Western aspect of it. And just loves how it's taking inspiration for that. And he's all into it. And he's getting his friend into it now. So it's just love how it just, there's something for everybody in this series. I think that's what makes it great. And for us diehard Star Wars fans, there's just so much for us to cling on to, but yet, Anyone who's just a casual fan can find something to enjoy for the enjoy with it. So it's just, I think, a success on all levels. Yeah, definitely. I think that, I think that, like, I, 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 I like how everyone is is quick to get on the acting, especially with the guy who played the the young bounty hunter, which he mm-hmm. wasn't great. I'll, I'll, I'll totally admit he wasn't great, but I don't think he was like super awful either. Yeah, like distracted enough to where it takes away from your enjoyment. Of yeah, the episode. he wasn't he wasn't great, but there mm. wasn't great acting in the prequels. And you know what? Some of some of those performances were from Academy Award winning people like Natalie Portman. She's mm-hmm. terrible in episode two, three, in my <laughs> opinion. And you want to act like I can't believe this guy was so bad. Like, Come on, man. Like it's Star Wars. There's going to be bad acting here or there. And you know what? It doesn't really ruin it for me for me because honestly, the Mandalorian was awesome. And yeah. <laughs> and again, that's just for me. I, that's just my opinion. I, I understand where that would take some people out of it. But for me, the character served his purpose. He was meant to be kind of a doofus. And that's mm-hmm. essentially what he was. And 
it really it also again it showed how experienced and how much the Mandalorian has been around when he gives the Tusken Raiders his by bi- his binocs or whatever those things are called. He throws them to him and he's like, you know, give it, you know, he already he knows what he's doing. He knows his way around things. It's very interesting. And so I don't know. I, I even though it was it a was it an amazing episode? No. Was four and five maybe the weakest of the season? Yeah, but they weren't terrible either. I mean, mm-hmm. if that was the whole show, if that was the whole season of episodes in that quality, I'd be like, yeah, it's 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 not it's a good first season. It's a good solid first season for for the Mandalorian. If it was only those two episodes, but it's not. I mean, it's totally <laughs> like it's we get great great episodes like episode three and pretty much one through three are fantastic. Four is not bad. It's not. I mean, I like four a lot. I think people are harping on four. I, I, all the episodes, I'm like, why are you people hitting on this? I don't yeah. get it. I, I, I've loved pretty much everything. Yeah, and it, it's weird because when people criticize these episodes, a lot of times I have the same criticisms and I'm like, but I still enjoyed the episode and you seem to hate it for yeah. the same reasons that I thought it was just pretty good and not amazing. But, you know, yeah. to each their own, I guess. But like I said, for me, that's almost a little bit of a relief. Like, I don't have to be on the edge of my seat the entire week thinking, oh, man, what's the Mandalorian going to do to blow my mind this week? You know, it's like I can go about my week, focus on work, get hyped about the Rise of Skywalker, and then Friday sit down and just enjoy a good episode of Star Wars. Well, and so, and it's funny because we have Wednesday to be the his new episode this week, so we want to yeah. wait a couple of days for that. No, I, I'm totally with you. I think that this... I think I think they're going to learn a lot from this season, which is which is un, a little unfortunate that they're filming right now, season two, because I feel like they would they probably would have addressed a lot of people's like minor complaints in this. You know what I mean? But yeah. you know what? Like, I don't think they're making it in a bubble either, though. Like, yeah, some of the same true. complaints that people have right now, like Dave Filoni's been around the block with Clone Wars, right? Like. Right. There was stuff in the earlier seasons of Clone Wars that people complained about that got better as the show went along, even though they That's were true. probably already working on season three at the time that season one aired. So it's not like they were listening to people's point. complaints week to week. Like, I'm sure Dave yeah. Filoni and John Favreau and Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy are noticing these same things and going, hey, moving forward, let's, you know, keep improving on X, Y, Z. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I, I think that this is on, has only shown how Star Wars can survive in in live action TV very very easily. Mm-hmm. And I think cost effective wise, with technology getting becoming as you know as as advanced as we can, it, I really think the future probably. I, I don't think there's going to be as many films coming out. Which is, again, I don't think is a bad thing because I think as long as we're getting solid live action like we're getting. It's I think Star Wars, it really is the futures of television. I've been saying it a long, long time now. And it just after the Mandalorian, these, these episodes, I mean, if even if sub episodes uh, seven and eight and like or are in the quality of four and five, it's a, this is a hugely successful season. Mm-hmm. And I will I will gladly say if this if this was every season of Star Wars sign me up like not like this the content wise but the quality wise right and it's got a little bit better you know each time yeah sign me up i mean give me all kinds of different you know different kinds of uh tv show ideas i mean the one thing that i think that 
the TV can sh- and the Mandalorian has shown us is that the sky's the limit, and you can tell really any kind of story now. Whereas I think the films you can really get really even more advanced and insane. I think as far as like scale of things, but you can. But as far as a general story, the TV side you can tell whatever story you want, and I think that it's gonna work. So yeah, I, I love. This show is amazing. I, I and I, I know it's like it's a foregone conclusion. I mean, come on, Star Wars. It's hard. It's hard. To, you know, I get it. But you know what? The Mandalorian could have been complete crap too. You just never know the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 let's let's face it. Mandalorian's been amazing, and I am so so excited for the future. Um, I'm excited for the future of this character, uh, and also kind of to go back to. I'll kind of finish up with my last. What, I brought up this last time. My last point was how baby Yoda is, is, is the Mandalorian transcending even baby Yoda. Now I think, you know, though baby Yoda is, is entrenched in the mainstream. What is also entrenched in the mainstream? We'll see if you guys can, what's the first thing you think of besides baby Yoda? What's the first thing you think of the Mandalorian and mainstream media that they have grabbed onto? This is the way. Exactly. That is in case in point, I'll bring up the Seahawks and, again. And not to be forgotten. I have spoken. Yes. Yeah. That exactly. Was the first. Yeah. Both of those. Yeah. But but both of those sayings are in there. Not again. Not associated associated with Baby Yoda. When a couple again a couple weeks ago, I remember the Seahawks again. But the only reason I bring them up is because they are a mainstream NFL is a mainstream thing, right? Well, uh, during the Monday Night Football game, uh, the Seahawks Twitter all put their uh, profiles up there. Someone who made themselves a Baby Yoda Russell Wilson. Oh thing. yeah, that it, was hilarious. It's ridiculous. I didn't partake in that person. I'm not, and that's not really my thing. But, but the reason I bring it up is that after they won, beat the Minnesota Vikings, they uh, Russell Wilson changed his profile picture to that. And you know what he said for a hashtag? This is the way. So you, you know he's watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, exactly. So you know that he's not just like Baby Yoda. I don't give a crap about everybody else. You know, no, he. And you know the reason why is because that episode three was phenomenal. Oh, and, yeah. And so, so yeah, so I, I just want people to know, it, this is why it's it's transcending even Baby Yoda, is that these sayings, like, I have spoken, this is, but most importantly, I think this is the way is even, it's, it has overtaken, I have spoken. Because I have spoken, I'm like, okay, that's, that's a catchphrase from The Mandalorian season one, and then this is the way trumped it, which is, I was not anticipating. And I, I don't think I'll ever not say this is the way. And again, going back to the last episode, one of my favorite parts is when the Mandalorian's seen in his old flame um, and she goes, this is the way. Like, you know, whatever. Like, but <laughs> yeah. she does it in a mocking way to him. And I'm yeah. like, dang, dude. It was it was creepy. I'm like, ooh. And so, and again, I love that that's a part of his character. And that is that is the Mandalorian. And I, I'll, I will never not say or think of this is the way when I look at Boba Fett, Django, whoever, I'm mm. always going to think of this is the way whenever I see Mandalorian armor. And by the way, I have, I have to ask you, because I, I don't even know, episode five, that Boba Fett or not? Tell me. Ooh, I really want to say yes. I think it's yes, but uh, you just never know until <laughs> they reveal who it is. But right now, I think all signs are... Pointing to yes, that's the first person I thought of when they had that cameo. I, I wanted others... to, I wanted to be Cad Bane. Mm, it'd be cool, but 
still will. I'd rather be Boba. I mean, Boba Fett's <laughs> the safe bet if I were to put money on it. But man, how cool would it be if that was Cad Bane? But this, but the sound they effects. They could bring him in later. The sound effects are what gives it away. That's yeah, what and plus it's on Tatooine. I mean, that's yeah. a big thing. And I've heard some other speculation that it's oh, it's just grief cargo tracking down the Mando. No, like, why wouldn't they show Karga. his face then? Yeah, why would exactly. they cut it off? Or even uh, the the moth that's coming in. The the villain for the last two episodes, more than likely. No way. And There's I was no like, way. no, we saw his face. Why would they hide this person's face if it's anyone that we already yeah. know is going to be on the show? Yeah. yeah. So it, no. See, I'm thinking they're setting it up now. It has nothing to do with the rest of the season. But mm-hmm. once the everything gets wrapped up, the Baby Yoda story is done. The last tag of the season finale to set up season two is going to be the reveal of that character, and potentially it could be Boba Fett, where they actually show his face. Maybe he's they rip, they call him Boba Fett. We don't see his face, or we hear him speak, and it's either Temuor Morrison or D. Bradley Baker doing the voice, and we know exactly who that is. And it ends the season with a great tease and something to look forward to in season two. I think that would be an amazing way to catch the first season. All right, all right. I'm gonna give a couple. I'm gonna give a couple predictions right here. Okay, so. Here's what I'm gonna say. I think it's Boba Fett one. I think I think that's a foregone foregone conclusion with with the sound effects and and the and the little heel whatever those things are the spurs. Yeah, that's the first thing I yeah made me pick on it more than the sound effects to be honest with you. Yeah, the sound effects and the spurs are what give it away. So here's my prediction, because this is what I think is gonna happen in the end of Mandalorian. We can circle back to this when when the show is over and we can all say how laugh at me how bad I am or at these predictions. But hear me out. I think season season one ends with, like you said, Tim, Baby Yoda is wrapped up. I think he's given to Ahsoka. I think Ahsoka hmm. makes it at the end of this at the end of the season. Yep. I think Ahsoka. I that's one of the first three episodes. Yep. How amazing that would be! Right. I I think this is what it is. I think Ahsoka is the one is potentially. I think it's the one who saves him, and um, potentially, and that's what sets him up to maybe give Baby Yoda to her eventually or something like that. But either way, Ahsoka's making at the end of this move at the end of the show with the Twi'lek that we got in the last episode and how great she looked. I think there's, there's no way that Ahsoka's not in this. And, and I, I think they, what they probably do is cast an actress that they can just like insinuate that it's Ahsoka, but they don't have to have her do much, many lines that she just kind of looks there, you know, kind of just kind of say silent. So you can recast her later um, and maybe in her own show at some point, or maybe later on, I don't know, but that's my prediction. I think Ahsoka is somehow in this season, but then also I think Boba Fett is the, the end cliffhanger of the show. So I think you have him saying goodbye to the baby Yoda with Ahsoka or whatever. And then the very end is Boba Fett with, with Morrison being like his voice it's him playing boba fett and he, it's like his face or something like that where we all know that oh crap that's boba fett like he's yep. in the next season oh, <laughs> and that's and that's my prediction see because- i don't want to get too excited thinking about it because it sounds so awesome it's too perfect for a setup for season two that if it doesn't right? happen i don't want to get set up for disappointment yeah <laughs> yeah but see but here's the thing i think that what either way like people have said to me, well, Bullfuck, you can't really get his armor back because the guy from the aftermath books. I'm like, you know how easy it oh is God. to like fight around that. Like yeah. seriously, <laughs> like I mean, like and you guys all know my my love of Ch- Ch- Chuck Windig is not much <laughs> at, at this point. 
And I don't even hate the aftermath books that much. They were they weren't great, I don't think, but they weren't terrible. But now since he blocked me because I thought he was a none of a good writer, uh, you know, for saying things I wasn't even tweeting at him, he blocked me. But which is whatever. <laughs> um, but but either way, those books and the things that they write about that sheriff and of Tatooine yeah. that apparently has the armor of Boba Fett that looks scarred or whatever is so easy to write around and everything and. I just, I, you just don't have to worry about that. Like you were. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. As much as we like how everything is canon now, novels, comics, whatnot, stuff like that, where they want to do something in live action, trumps whatever comes before that, <laughs> like in a novel or something like that's really not like a big story that was just a side story in the aftermath books, where that's something like I said, all easily. You could write around or just ignore it if you want to. It's not that big mm -hmm. of a deal. Or the fact where anyone could think that they have to be beholding to that to contradict it. It's just a little much. <laughs> exactly. I Yeah, I think Ahsoka, I mean, that's the thing is you don't have to cast someone to play Ahsoka at that moment and, and keep using them later on if, if you want to have her come back. Um, for whatever reason, with Mandalorian or whatever, you know, maybe a Sabine and her spinoff. Well, I don't know. But what what I think what you do is you can at least allude to that it's Ahsoka and have her, again, have makeup on her or whatever. I just think it's just, it, because even remember when Dave was like, they asked about Ahsoka, he was like, oh, he kind of like, she got all weird and everyone kind of. He did the same thing when they asked him about Boba Fett. He just goes, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But Dave would say that about anybody. Like, no, you're right, but I with Ahsoka, you could tell he was like, you could just tell that something was weird with him. So that's where I'm I'm getting all this kind of my my prediction from. I think that Dave, it, it's because Dave's involved heavily involved, and I it, the biggest thing is this: what do you do with a, a force sensitive baby Yoda? You can't give him the Luke. Mm. Who's out there? Who is in, in charge of the show? Who's in, basically in charge of Ahsoka? Dave. It just makes too much sense. So I think that's where why we're gonna it's gonna be Ahsoka. That's my money. That's my prediction. And I think Boba Fett is is the uh, cliffhanger. So put it, you know, put it, put me down for it, and we'll see if I'm right. Hope hey, I'm we'll right. Find out next week. <laughs> oh true. my gosh! Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, and I think we're in for two really great episodes coming up. Harkening oh, back I to the first so three. They're going to end it with a bang. Yeah. You know what's interesting, though, is I remember, like, those early trailers from The Mandalorian. We were speculating, like, oh, this is all probably stuff from the first couple episodes. But really, yeah. like, <laughs> we saw pretty much the whole season because we we saw stuff in those trailers of him fighting that Imperial Moff and his Death Troopers and stuff. We haven't yeah, even seen know, that Death stuff Troopers yet. Death Troopers are still on the way. Yeah, yeah. Death Troopers. Automatically, flame... these episodes are going to be amazing. Because Death Troopers, <laughs> Flame Troopers, TIE Fighters. Scout so. Troopers. Yeah. Flame Troopers! <laughs> The kids love this. One. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely there should be some exciting stuff to close out the season. We'll see if Paul's predictions come true. Um, I hope they do. <laughs> like I said, mark me down in the camp that wants that to be Cad Bane instead of Boba Fett just because it would be awesome. But if I had to put money on it, yeah, Boba Fett's the safe bet. I'm just trying to think outside the box of, okay, who else could it be aside from the predictable one? Um, but seeing Boba Fett would be really cool too. And if they were to, if they find a way to work Ahsoka into it, it's Dave. So I wouldn't put that past him either. Um, Plus, even though those episodes weren't finished, I still like the idea of how 
Cad Bane for a little bit, took Boba Fett under his wing, and then Boba Fett had eventually ended up killing him when they had that uh, draw. I would like that old Western. Uh, man, style, I just want to see that story. Like, I know. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm also going to make a prediction. I think with the, the the success of the Mandalorian, and especially if I'm right, which I think I am, uh, about Boba Fett being in season two as like the main villain of season two, or and whatever anti-hero or ally or whatever. You know, Know what I would love? I'm sorry to cut you off. I think it'd be really cool if they took a little page out of uh, Daredevil season two, where at the beginning Daredevil and Punisher were going at it. Yeah. If they could do that, like for the Mando and Boba Fett, but then eventually there's a bigger threat where they end up reluctantly maybe having to work together, but then they end mm-hmm. up having respect for each other by the end. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. So, so what I, what I'm trying to say is, I think that with the success of the Mandalorian. And the scene with the success of the Clone Wars that happens with the, in February, I think it's very potential. There's potential that it's, the Clone Wars they could add the Boba Fett episodes later on. I really do because now the one thing that I think we, reason we haven't seen more Boba Fett stories, which we're getting a comic book series um, in a couple months now with Boba Fett in it that takes place in the OT. But you you've been I, you've seen a reluctance of of Lucasfilm slash Star Wars to put him Boba Fett in more stories, and it's not because I don't think it's because some fans might be like they don't care about Boba Fett, which is total bullcrap. Um, he was first on the list for the standalone movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, which I I just want to point that out right now. People you know complain though, but here's what's cool: the Mandalorian has now made life probably a lot easier to get more definitive Boba Fett stories because before he was the only one, only one that you could really market that the mainstream knew about that looked like Boba Fett. Now the Mandalorian has trumped that you can now have anyone like the look like Boba Fett, and the Mandalorian, and you know that it's star Wars and you know that they're all, they're different characters now, thanks to episode three is, you know, whatever for the main, again, for the mainstream. So, what I think, I think the reason they didn't put those episodes up maybe initially and they are not yet is because they didn't know what's they wanted to save Boba Fett just in case or not just in case, but like, what are we going to do with this character? Are we going to make him still be the clone or what are we going to do? I think they just didn't know what they wanted to do with the character quite yet. And I think with the success of the Mandalorian it actually frees them up to say, you know what? We don't have to be so rigid with this character anymore because because we already have a Mandalorian character we can do whatever we want with. So, you know what? With Boba Fett, we can kind of like, kind of put the throw things out there again. Now we can put them in those Clone Wars episodes because I think it only, why wouldn't they want to release episodes after one, the Mandalorian is huge. Two, if the Clone Wars is huge and everyone watches it and everyone and Disney Plus executives or whatever are like, do you have any more of these we can put out? Oh yeah, those Boba Fett episodes, and they're gonna go, yeah, put it out. Well, we were saying we didn't know if we wanted to make those canon or not. Who cares? Put them out there, and then they're gonna make them canon. It's gonna be like that, trust me, because it's too. If, even if it's like four episodes or whatever, it's what too I think, perfect. I think because they're building up the season of Clone Wars to be it. You know, season of Mandalore is always meant to be the final story arc for the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Let's say that's the case. Like you're saying, Paul, let's see, it's so successful. If, even if they just market it and build those Boba Fett episodes as an animated movie, yeah, mm-hmm. that would be awesome. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And or you could also, well, 
Because you know how they're doing like the flashbacks of the Mandalor of of our main character Mandalorian in live action. You could even take snippets of that Boba Fett arc and maybe have that be like his flashbacks in season two. That's oh, a good point. man. Seeing it in live action, yeah. See, because then you could still see live action Cad Bane facing off against Kid Whoa. Boba. That would be pretty cool too, dude. Honestly, how rad would that be? That would be amazing. It, I, it, and I, I think I, I remember I was listening to a podcast the other day and they and they were saying somehow like, no, keep Cad Bane out of it, out of live action. I was like, oh, are you kidding me? And, and someone said it looked silly. I'm like, no way. The Duro, Duro started uh, in live action. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, have they well, seen the cantina scene? Well, right. Well, right, right. But here's the thing. You easily could. I, I, I don't see how that wouldn't look cool in live action, yeah, no. in my opinion. Yeah, I. You could, especially with today's technology and and everything, you could make Cad Bane 100 work. And yeah. no, I think you would definitely need some CGI. I don't think a completely practical course, yeah. Cad Bane would work, but I think you could definitely, yeah, you could definitely make that character work in live action. Yeah, totally. So we'll see. I mean, I would love to see that character in live action. I would also love to see Boba Fett again. Um, but yeah, we'll find out in uh, just a couple weeks if any of that stuff is in store for the rest of this season and uh, teasing into next season going forward. Um, really, you know, the only wrapping up on on the Mandalorian, you know, usually we talk about big news items and stuff. Obviously, the Rise of Skywalker is just about to come out and there's been a whole bunch of TV spots and featurettes and all that kind of stuff. But there hasn't really been any news at this point. Um, really the only news to avoid like crazy now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And really the only news thing we've got to talk about is actually for battlefront two. Um, and we haven't actually talked about this yet because our past couple episodes have been, uh, movie commentaries and not, uh, news episodes, but they announced the, uh, the star Wars battlefront two celebration edition, uh, that came out, I don't know, a couple weeks ago as of the last update where they've basically, repackaged it um and they're they're selling now this sort of new version of the game it's the same like base game but with all the updates that they've added over the past couple of years and it also includes all of the cosmetic items so um you buy this celebration edition and you get every hero skin every clone trooper skin and you know all the other unit appearances and every uh victory pose and emote and all that kind of stuff um that normally you can buy in the game with money or with credits um, and, uh, I think it's, uh, $40 to buy, to, to just buy the game from scratch, or if you already own Battlefront 2, you can pay $25 to upgrade to the Celebration Edition that basically just unlocks all the stuff for you. Um, and I think it's really cool yeah, to see Yeah, and I think do... I'm going to do that in the near future, because at the rate I've been playing it, I'm never going to get all those skins <laughs> and emotes, so for 25 bucks, that's not too bad. Obviously, I want to jump back into it when the Red Skywalker content comes out, so... I'm probably going to end up getting that. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I still haven't decided because I definitely don't have everything unlocked, but I feel like I have most of the stuff that I want. Um, yeah, I don't even have most of what I want. <laughs> so that's another big reason why I want to get it. Yeah, there's definitely a few hero appearances and stuff that I don't have yet, but a lot of them are for heroes that I don't play all that often. So, like, I've definitely got all the Anakin and Obi-Wan ones, obviously. Um, and I've got some for, you know, Yoda and Rey and Kylo and all that stuff. Um, but also I'm glad that, uh, I mean, I know a lot of people who own the game who are planning to upgrade and it's good to just see them be able to keep, uh, continue supporting the game like this, because obviously all the DLC that they put out is free for all the new maps and stuff like that. 
Um, so I like that they're doing this as a way to get more revenue, to keep the game supported, so that hopefully they can keep all this content coming well into next year. Um, I mean, it's really cool to see that we're now two... It's been over two years since the game came out, and with sort of the disastrous launch, launch that it had, um, the way they've been able to rebound, and we're two years on from that now, and they're still going strong with no sign of stopping anytime soon. And they just released a trailer today for the Rise of Skywalker update that's coming out. Oh boy! <laughs> with a new planet for the movie, uh, or, or from the movie, uh, new hero skins for Rey, Kylo, and Finn, and we've got new reinforcements like Sith troopers and First Order jet troopers, and uh, there's like a Resistance infiltrator and a Resistance heavy gunner, um, and it all looks like it's going to be really fun. Oh, and then we're also getting uh, BB-8 of all characters as a he- <laughs> as a playable hero, and then also uh, BB-9E, which is bb8's uh first order counterpart um and i think that's not all coming out this month um and i forget exactly what's coming out when i think it's just like the it, it, the the rise of skywalker update or first update at least comes out in just a couple days actually i think it's tomorrow as of this recording it's the 17th where they're adding like the new hero skins and the new units and then the new map will be playable on the 20th but I think it's right now only in like co-op and heroes versus villains. And then they're adding it to uh, Capital Supremacy and Instant Action like next month. And they're also going to be adding more sequel trilogy maps to co-op and Instant Action and Capital Supremacy um, into like the first couple months of next year. So like I said, some really awesome Rise of Skywalker content coming now. Already more content planned into... Uh, the opening months of 2019 and then we'll just see where they go from there they've said like they've been releasing a lot of clone wars content pretty much all this past year going back to like the geonosis update um that came at the end of 2018 and they've said that um you know they spent a lot of time catering to the prequel fans and the clone wars content and that they're now finally ready to move on to other eras um, but part of me is still hoping that like in February next year, maybe they release Ahsoka and Ventress as playable heroes, um, just to honor like the, the final season of Clone Wars coming out. Um, but whether we get that or not, and whether we, you know, just get more sequel trilogy stuff or finally get capital supremacy for the original trilogy, um, still just really cool to see, uh, this game still doing as well as it is now. Um, and hopefully they just keep this awesome content coming for a long time. And I just got to say, I loved this new trailer they put out today. Mm-hmm. Right away, just seeing how cool the new Rise of Skywalker content looked. I mean, it looks great. Even though I do wish it was more of the space battle we saw at the end of the trailer. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. But what really, what I really loved about that trailer is just how at the end, it just kind of celebrates the entire saga and how Battlefront mm-hmm. 2 does encompass the entire saga. And it was just great, even though it was, you know, wasn't showing movie footage, but the game engine graphics for Battlefront 2 just look so good that it kind of had the same feel of seeing something really cool that celebrates the entire Skywalker saga and seeing images from all nine movies was just great. In particular, the standout was seeing that Shadow of the Republic Commando <laughs> looking really cool. I but mean, I, I think my how... standout from that was when they showed Vader and then transitioned it into Anakin, like right in the same spot. There's just so much great stuff to love about it. So it's just yeah. one of those nostalgic type trailers that, encompasses everything from the Skywalker saga in a very cool way and looking as great as that game does. It was cool to see it highlighted in that trailer. So I loved it. I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, that's a really well done trailer. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm one of those people that I play Battlefront two all the time just to kind of pass the time kind of thing. I listen to podcasts while I while I play, so I don't really I'm not going to buy the celebration package i don't really have a reason to do you it got I already have... unlocked already right <laughs> yeah you've played more than either of us well yeah but i mean i i don't have everything everything unlocked but i have the things that i had that i want unlocked i already have them unlocked i already have all the skins for the troopers that i use i already have all the skins that i want to use for the heroes that i use mainly uh, i've got a lot of money saved up um from playing that i that i'll buy the the kylo ren and the ray skins when they come out uh i'm not sure if they if they're if they're free or not with the um or whatever with the with the with the, with the update but but yeah I, I i've got everything i want i want the fin i want i do want the fin um the skin as well new skin so yeah i don't know i i'm not i'm not as um i don't really need the celebration thing to be honest i i've got everything i, I want and i'm ready to I can't wait for the new re- new reinforcements though, and I can't wait to have Capital Supremacy have more than just the Clone Wars, so that's mm-hmm. gonna be fun too. So it'd be nice to get a little variety in there. So yeah, I'm really excited about the new additions. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm in the same boat. I'm not sure if I'm if if I'm gonna spend my money on that or not. Probably not at this point because I've also got pretty much everything unlocked that I want right now. Um, but like I said, it's just nice that that option is out there. Um, and I hope a lot of people buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so like I said, just, I mean, man, it's a great time to be a star, a fan of star Wars video games too. Cause also Jedi fallen order was fantastic. And as soon as Paul hurries up and finishes it, we'll do probably do a whole review episode on that. Maybe early next year when there's not as much other stuff to talk about, but where, um, where are you on that right now, Paul? Uh, I mean, I haven't been to Dathomir yet. I'm, I'm, I'm getting Tarful. That's okay. the next, the next oh, okay. thing. How, how much do I have left? I'm just curious. You're probably like 60% of the way through it. Okay. So I'm almost done, which is sucks. Cause I'm like, I'm having so much fun. I just want, I don't want it to end. You uh, you, the best moments are ahead. Let me put it that way. Um, I, yeah, I've stayed away from spoilers. I think I might even go to Dathomir before I go see Tarful. Is that you think that's safe no, to do now? Do nah, no. at this point, go to go, Dathomir when you have to. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, this isn't a spoiler to say now. Like, if you're if you're back on Kashyyyk for the second time finding Tarful, Dathomir's the next step in the story after that, anyway. So okay, that's um, that's what I figured because that's that's the one planet I haven't been to yet, and yeah. I've been back to I went to I went to Kashyyyk, which I thought I would be going to. Uh, Dathomir right after Kashyyyk, and then it's like go back to Zeppo. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, and then so, back to Kashyyyk, yeah. and then but yeah, um, yeah. But you're you're almost in the home stretch, and I know you you don't want it to be over yet, but you still got a, you you got a good chunk of game left, and it's a really good chunk of game. I can't wait. I I've I've been loving this game to death, and Plus I'm hoping another planet that you're not aware of yet that you'll be going Ooh. to. <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing, but Tim, you know, way to go, Tim. Just to whet his appetite. Didn't say what yeah. it was. And it could be any planet, but Misa, no Excellent. giving any hints. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I'm ecstatic. I cannot wait to get a sequel to this or maybe in the, I, I'm almost, I'm praying to give me some kind of like, you know, 
uh, <clears throat> some DLC thing where they get this kind of one quick little level or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just, I just love this game, and I, I I'm really hoping they get they get a they fast track a sequel, and not too fast, obviously, so that way it can yeah. be good. But no, I I, I feel, want a sequel. I don't want a fast track sequel. Right, but I, I say don't fast do track not give I, me I, a repeat of Force Unleashed two. Oh please no. <laughs> no no no. I think and this the the cool thing about Fallen Order is that I think that this I'm I've been reading or reading I've been actually watching a lot of reviews on YouTube recently, and it seems like people are pretty into it, and I'm I'm pretty happy with the response that it's gotten because I love the game to death. It might be mm-hmm. my favorite Star Wars game ever. Oh, I've heard a lot of people say that. And but I haven't played a a lot of Star Wars games either myself. Uh, No, but as someone who has played a lot of Star Wars games, Fallen Order is in my top five. And you know what? I totally get it because it's it's great. It's super, super great. And I I love the characters. I, I, I just think that I just think the design team did a phenomenal job designing the new planets like Zepho and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I really got to give them a lot of credit for giving us some real authentic Star Wars stuff that's, that's new. Like Zepho, I think, is just a beautiful planet. And I love the backstories that it gives us. And I, I, I asked for the art of the Fallen Order book um, for Christmas and I cannot wait to get it so I can analyze it. That's why I need to kind of beat the game before Christmas. So I, I can read that book and not be spoiled about anything. So, oh, yeah. so yeah, I I'm excited. I'm super excited to, to play this game. I, I was been kind of taking my time with it, but now that with, with rise of Skywalker coming out this week and, and with the book coming out for Christmas, I think I'm going to try to finish it up before Christmas. Yeah, I think it would be good. I mean, I know it's well, Christmas is next week though. So you, I know hey, you you like taking your time. I beat the whole game in a week. Um, oh, I know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. If you want to speed it up a little bit, you definitely won't regret it. Um, but Fair if enough. you want to keep savoring it and taking your time, that's not a bad idea either. Yeah. Again, once you beat it, there's still plenty to go back to and, and explore. That's and true. Treasures to find. Although I will say it's funny because as I was playing the game, I was really looking forward to coming back and finding all the unlockables and stuff. But then once I finished the story, I didn't enjoy the rest of that as much as I thought I would only because like I missed the story. Like I kind I of you. I kind of just went back and and got 100 percent on all the planets just because I felt like I had to like for the sense of achievement. But what I really wanted was to play the story again. Maybe Are you going to hard difficulty? Oh, I'm definitely going to. <laughs> Actually, uh, my wife is not a gamer at all, but she's into Star Wars and, and likes you know, like I'll, occasionally I'll get her to try a good story based game. Like we played Mass Effect together and she had me do all the shooting and she just played the story bits. But I actually got her to play uh, Fallen Order. So we're, we're playing through that together right now. Um, nice. So I'm, I'm kind of just watching her play, but getting to experience the story again. So um, but um, yeah, so it's like I said, great time for Star Wars gaming as well. Um, and just TV and movies and everything firing on all cylinders. But speaking of movies, I mean, if you guys you guys hadn't noticed, um, I didn't have a whole lot to say about the Mandalorian. Cause when we got on, I just was expecting to talk about rise of Skywalker. And then before we started recording, Paul was like, wait, we're talking about Mandalorian too. Right. And I was like, I hadn't even been thinking about that. So you guys can talk about that. Like my brain is locked in episode nine mode right now. Um, we're three days away. I mean, technically we're four days away from December 20th, but come on, we're all seeing it opening night, which is the 
night of the 19th. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, man, th- like three days from right now, we'll all be in the theater um, watching the movie. So, uh, yeah, are we almost over? <laughs> yeah, actually. Well, yeah, because it's uh, for me right now, it's 845 and I've got a six o'clock showing. So um, depending on how long the previews are, I'll probably be getting my mind blown by the end of the movie right now in three days. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Woo. So how are we feeling? Man. Hopeful, All nervous, right, excited, anxious, <laughs> pessimistic, optimistic. Yeah. Anxious, excited, nervous, all those things. Nervous in a good way. Not nervous because, oh, I don't know if the movie's going to be good or whatnot. There's just a nervous feeling or whatever the new Star Wars movie comes. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. It's just really fun. I just want to get through these next few days of work i'm taking that thursday and friday off so it's just two more days of work then nothing but a four-day star wars weekend and i just (laughs) looking forward to that so much not just seeing the movie a bunch of times but then that friday going shopping for the new um merchandise that's going to be released like the books and the soundtracks i always love that day after of a new star wars movie so there's just so much to be excited about and even though i've been staying away from every new tv spot that's been coming out the last few weeks there's been a lot of them I just that buzz keeps growing and growing, even though I'm not watching them. But just knowing that if we're getting closer, and I just keep thinking about of how this not only this trilogy but the saga is going to wrap up. I just cannot wait to see how it all unfolds. And then just watching Star Wars content over this last week, rewatching some of the movies, mainly seven. I still got to do eight. I'll probably do that Wednesday. But also mixing in some Clone Wars episodes. Like I sent a tweet out yesterday where. Watching the Yoda arc has become like a new tradition of any Star Wars rewatch I do before a new movie comes out. It's just mm-hmm. that good. And I think that essential just to the Star Wars mythos as a whole. It's just so great. So I rewatched that this past weekend. And then as you're talking, as you're mentioning how you didn't have much to say about the Mandalorian, because you're just mind is so focused on episode nine right now. And I just love the fact that we do have the Mandalorian still out there as we're all getting hyped up for episode nine. Wednesday is going to be really fun. Wednesday yeah. night, we're going to have a new episode of The Mandalorian to watch. I'm probably going to watch The Last Jedi after that, and then it's going to be time for episode nine the next day. I mean, that's just so awesome. That's just part of what makes this week going to be so much fun is the fact that we're getting some great new Star Wars content on both levels when it comes to TV and the movies. I mean, when have we had that before? In live action, anyway. But, well, even with uh, Rebels, when that was airing, they always usually took a break like the week before i think the movie came out so nothing as close as one day we're getting a new tv episode and the next day we get a brand new movie so that's just super exciting so this is going to be an awesome week i'm glad we're finally here now and just like i said at the beginning gotta try to savor it because it's gonna go by pretty quickly even though as much as i can't wait to see it i still want this week to kind of go at a steady pace where it's not over in a (laughs) blink of an eye and then we're already moving on but yeah, I'm just excited to be in this moment right now. I just cannot wait to be in that theater and see those words a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away. The main title comes up, the crowd erupts. We're reading the opening crawl, and then we're just immersed in the final chapter of the Skywalker saga for the next two and a half hours. It's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I'm like getting chills just thinking about that right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and another big thing I'm excited about, Finally, my theater has assigned seating, so no more waiting in line oh, the entire nice. day for oh, me. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy that. <laughs> got with the times, finally, huh? Finally, yeah. yes. <laughs> well, I, for me, it's I'm taking two days off 
I'm taking Thursday and Friday off. And I have this new thing now. When a new Star Wars movie comes out, I pretty much go see it every day of that weekend. So I'm trying to think that I didn't do it. No, I did do it for Solo. Or maybe I didn't. I forgot if I did or didn't. I, I think I saw Solo um, through. No, yeah, I think I saw it. Three times, three or four times on Memorial Day weekend. But yeah, last year I even I saw that sat Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I gotta tell you, it was one of those things where that must have been a rough those, weekend for you. No, no, <laughs> I remember it wasn't. And I and also after we I did the the commentary and after I did a, a more of a clarifying Twitter. Uh, thread where I kind of got my feelings out a little more about the last Jedi and I wasn't being such a turd about it. Um, <laughs> and, and that's my words. And because I wanted people to realize that I do like the movie could star Wars and I don't hate the movie by any means. There's aspects I don't like at all, as you guys will hear in the commentary, but it, I, I definitely don't hate it as, as, as much as people think I do. And I didn't want to clarify. There's a lot, a lot of things I love about it. So, um, but, but anyway, I, I bought tickets for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I'm going to buy them for Sunday. Eventually. I just don't know what time I'm going to see it at. And I can't wait to dive in and, and watch it every, every day of the weekend. And it's something that I, it's kind of, you know, right now, I took, like I said, I took two days off of work and I'm just going to celebrate Star Wars. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to yeah. do Thursday yet, but I'm going to probably watch a lot of Star Wars. Well, I'm going to take a walk in the morning as I usually do, get my exercise and then come back and just start devouring Star Wars just nonstop. And so, yeah, I, I just, you know, it's it, Star Wars is the rise of Skywalker represents this end quote unquote. I still don't think it's the end. I, I just don't, I, I think there's going to be a loophole somewhere. I really do. And I know no spoilers as, as you probably all can tell. I have no idea how they're going to end this thing. I have no idea what the rise of Skywalker means. And I love that. And I just look forward to being surprised. And ultimately what I've said, and what I said in my Twitter thread and I'll, and I'll reiterate here is I just want to justify the previous two films. And I've had people tell me you can't you can't put that pressure on the on this one movie. And, and I always bring up Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. Revenge of the Sith is the movie that really made me fall in love with the prequel trilogy. It really helped justify episodes one and two. And even though I don't love episodes one and two as much as I love the, the my other favorite Star Wars films. I accept and love them because of Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith brought it all home. And though I don't hate The Force Awakens or anything, and I there's elements of The, the Last Jedi that I don't like, I will say that if Rise of Skywalker comes close to Revenge of the Sith for me, then I'm going to be happy. And I'm going to be really, really excited. And I'm going to watch the crap at a, at a Rise of Skywalker. And I'll never forget when I saw Revenge of the Sith, uh, the first time I was just all over the moon about it. I couldn't like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I just, I watched that movie eight times in the theater that I think that's the most I've ever, I've ever seen any star Wars movie or any, any movie in the theater ever. It's like eight or nine times. I could not stop watching that movie. And when it came out on DVD, I wouldn't stop watching it. So if it comes close to that, then I'm going to, that's going to justify 
the last Jedi for me. And I'm going to be all about it. And I don't know. I just from, from, and I've, I have not seen for people who, you know, when I do my review for uh saga continues here, I, I will have not seen, I have not seen any TV trailer. I have not, I have not read really any major publication with the exception of the vanity fair that came out months and months and months ago. I've only seen the three trailers. I've seen the two main trailers and the D23 trailer. And even the D23 trailer, I saw it like two times. I didn't see it more than that, like maybe two, three times. And the main tra- and the and the and obviously the other two trailers, I saw them more than three times, but maybe less than 20. So and that's a lot. That's I, that's saying a lot for me. So I'm avoiding everything I can to to enjoy this 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 end. If it is the end. I just want to celebrate what stars has given me. And I feel that episode nine rise of Skywalker is going to be a culmination of that. And I'm really hoping that JJ can, can stick this landing. And, and I think, I think he will. I think I'll like it for the most part. And I'm hoping I do, but I, I just, from all that I've, I've kind of heard him talk about, and I didn't hate the, the force awakens. There's elements of the force awakens. I didn't like, but I didn't hate the force awakens. And I feel like he's going to come back and and learn from his mistakes from the first film and really, again, bring it all home. And I think he's going to, I hate to say this term, I think he's going to do a lot of fan service. And I I don't think that's a bad thing either. I know people think fan service is a bad thing. And I'm like, no, it's not a bad thing. Because you know what fan service is? It's trying to please the fans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so to me, and again, there's sometimes you can go over the top with fan service. Sure. But you know what? That's about being over the top about anything. That's the whole, my whole point is you fan service done right is balance. Everything needs balance, like the light and the dark side. Right? So what you just have to realize is that fan service is good in moderation and in balance. And I think that if JJ can get that right balance and give us something new and different at the same time, then I think the Rise of Skywalker is going to be just fine, and I I can't wait. This is I said it I said it before. It's like waiting for a playoff game for your your home your home team, and it's the first time you made the playoffs in a long time, and it's just like it's something so exciting. You have no idea what's going to happen, what the outcome is going to be, but it's going to be exciting, and you, you cannot wait for it. And you just to talk about and have and the fallout from it. What does it all mean? And that's what I'm excited for. I cannot wait to you know talk to everyone about this movie after I'm done. But I've, I've, I've quit Twitter. I've quit YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram. I'm off everything. I deleted them all off my phone, off my Xbox. I am not going to go in anywhere near these things. And I'm going to stay away and avoid every reaction that I can. So I go in rise of Skywalker completely reaction free. And I have no idea if people love it, hater or a mix. I'm going to go in and make my own decision and go from there. Yeah. That's what I'm going to try to do too. Um, of course I've said that in the past and then I've caved and ended up looking at, at reactions on Twitter and stuff like that. But I feel like that's really hurt the experience for me before, especially with both the last Jedi and rogue one, the initial reactions and the reviews and stuff were so through the roof. And 
with The Last Jedi, it was weird because like all the critics loved it and everything. And then I saw it for the first time and I loved it. And then I went on Twitter and was like, whoa, what the heck? Did everybody watch the same movie I did? And with Rogue One, everybody was talking about how fantastic it was. And I, I was like two thirds through the movie and was like, OK, this is good, but it's not like as mind blowing as everybody said it was. And then you get to that final third act with the battle on Scarif and it was like, oh, now this is kicking in. Um but I do feel like I don't enjoy the movie as much when I'm watching it for the first time when I already have like preconceived notions of how good it's going to be. And I want to try to avoid that going into Rise of Skywalker. Um, but also the fact that the premiere is right now, like is going on right now, it's it's going to be really hard for me to avoid peeking at anything over the next three <laughs> days just because my excitement is so high. Yeah, um, I already know what I'm doing when we're done recording. I'm going to be looking at those reactions on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Damn, why? See, well, and here's, all of them, here's and the problem. I've never been spoiled on it. Here's the problem, though. Well, no, and like I said, for me, it's not that I'm worried about being spoiled. I trust that people aren't going to yeah. post spoilers, at least the people that I follow. Some random person in the crowd might, you know, post something. But, like, the, the handful of journalists that I follow that, that are actually there at the premiere tonight, I know they're not going to say... Ray actually turned to the dark side or Kylo Ren killed Palpatine or whatever. And I'm just spitballing that off the top of my head. Obviously I haven't been reading any leaks or spoilers. I know they're out there, so be careful, but, um, it's more, I don't want to get my hopes up too high or also if people hate the movie, I don't want to know that either. Cause I don't want to go exactly. into it worried that it's going to be bad. Like, and I think that's also why I'm I'm really trying to stay away from stuff this time is because especially after the last Jedi and, I didn't really want to bring this up too much on this episode, but it seems like this week people have been really hyped for the rise of Skywalker. But like last week, Twitter suddenly exploded into like, it was like December, 2017 all over again with people yeah, having like really, really divisive was. arguments about the last Jedi. And I was like, guys, we got a new movie coming out in a week. Let's all get excited. What the heck is all this bickering about? Um, but that's kind of got me worried. Like, I know there are people that are not going to like this movie, even if it's really good. There are people that I, I mean, there are some people who have just made up their mind that The Last Jedi has ruined Star Wars for them. And they they hate Rey and, and Kylo Ren and the just this new group of characters in the direction that Disney Star Wars is going. And those people are going to hate it no matter what. But I, I also feel like. There are some people who love The Last Jedi who are probably not going to like this movie because we're already kind of getting hints that there may be some, you know, if you want to call it course correction, the fact that, uh, that you know, they, they've hinted that Ray's story isn't quite done yet, that it's not as cut Thank and dry as, oh, your parents are nobodies. Um, <laughs> yeah, see, some people are happy about that. Some people are not going to be happy about that because some people really like that about The Last Jedi. And then, you know, if, if Ray and Kylo Ren end up in a relationship the Raylo fans are going to be happy and then other people are not going to be happy and if they don't end up together there are some extreme Raylos out there that are going to be freaking really mad about it so i don't know i'm just i'm i'm like i don't want to get my expectations set too high but i'm also worried about like i want to stay away from just the the chaos and the the negativity and the back and forth and the the stress of the fandom as much as I can. Um, so it's like if everybody loves the movie, I don't want to know because I don't want to to go into it too hyped or with my expectations too high. But if not everybody loves it, I don't want to know that either. Um, and honestly, like I might even try to stay off of Twitter until we do our review of it uh, next weekend after we've seen the movie. 
so that I can go into our review with like just my own thoughts and then hear what you guys think. And obviously I'll talk to, you know, friends and people that I see it with and um, maybe people at work the next day and stuff and see, you know, kind of get a sense from some people, but like, I'm not gonna, I'm probably not gonna jump on Twitter that night and be like, okay, so what did everybody else think? Cause like, I almost don't want to know. Um, but Gosh, I don't know. Just for me personally, I'm at that stage where, like you said, Tim, I'm excited, but I'm also kind of nervous, but it's not like a bad kind of nervous, like they're going to mess it up. It's just like I, I go through phases of excitement with every new Star Wars movie. And we're, when we're like one or two weeks away, that's when I'm almost at like peak excitement. Like I'm just like, yeah, it's getting so close. But then when we're like three days away, like now I'm just like, oh, crap, we're getting really close. And oh, so I'm yeah. I'm almost just like, I'm like buzzing like with excitement do. right now. But yeah, I'm like I'm like a powder keg that's just ready to explode on Thursday night. Because like you said, when we're, it's like it's almost not going to fully hit me from now until Thursday night when I'm in the theater sitting down and like, you know, uh, like 15 minutes before the movie starts, when they start showing previews, I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, this is it. It's coming. It's coming. And then when the Lucasfilm logo goes up and the, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I'm just going to lose my freaking mind and be like, this is it. Here we go. Um, so, man, I I can't wait. I'm getting myself all worked up and excited just thinking about it. <laughs> um, we actually saw a movie last Thursday night uh, and just sitting in the theater i was like man a week from right now i'm gonna be it wasn't the same theater that i'm seeing rise of skywalker in but it was like i'm like i'm i'm in a seat waiting for a movie to start and a week from now i'm gonna be doing the same thing but it's gonna be star wars and um man i i just cannot wait for thursday um i'm not taking time off work like you guys are i'm just going to see it thursday night although i will say uh, I have a company Christmas party at work on Thursday, but it's like during the day. So the party is from 12 to two. Um, and so I'm thinking I might just leave after that. Um, and my sister's driving up from Tucson. So she lives like a couple hours away from me, but she's coming to see it um, with us on opening night. So um, I'll just hang out with her in the afternoon and we'll get hyped and get ready for the movie and everything. Um and then, so what, uh, what theaters are you guys going to see it in? Are you going in IMAX or, or just regular? Are you going in any of these like enhanced theaters that they got now? No, I'm just going to the, a regular theater where I've seen all the Star Wars movies since the force awakens have come out. It's, I, I like to keep it close and local, even if there's our better theaters that are further, I don't want to like be driving far out, <laughs> might kind of hinder away from my enjoyment of having to worry about sitting in traffic or whatnot to get there or coming back. So I'm just like keeping it at the theater that's close to my house. And it's a nice theater too. It's not an IMAX or anything, but screens big enough seats are stadium seating. They're comfy. Sounds good. So <laughs> that's all I really need for a first viewing experience. What about you, Paul? Yeah, for me, it's, um, I'm seeing it at, uh, a regular I've seen it in downtown Seattle, but uh, it's a, uh, a theater. It's a normal theater. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it, I, I couldn't, I had a hard time getting tickets to the theater I wanted to. So I had to go in this really random area, which I did not want to go get tickets in downtown Seattle. That was the only, only thing I could get as early as I wanted. And I, cause there was no way I was going to wait till, what last time I had to wait till the last shit. I had to wait till like 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock. And I, I don't was know not, how you did that. <laughs> that was rough. Well, we went to dinner beforehand and I just hung out and we just had dinner 
for like I think we got there got there at like eight o'clock or something like that or seven thirty. Still, just knowing there are showings right now and you're not in one of them watching it, that yeah, would drive me crazy. It's one rough. thing when people are going to press screenings and premieres. Sure. Yeah, not expected to go to that, but when there's actually public screenings right there and you're not watching it, that would drive me insane. <laughs> yeah, no, I am uh whew, yeah, that was rough. But I was spoiled myself rotten on that on that on that movie, so I it wasn't like I was I knew what to expect, basically, but uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm I uh, what I what I've got down right now. So I'm seeing it in um in a, in a regular theater, but then the next day I have a I have an early showing uh early showing IMAX screening. It's a fake IMAX, not true IMAX, but it's yeah. IMAX. It's a big screen. Uh, at a local theater with my good friend Chris Clow. He's coming down, and we're gonna have breakfast afterwards. I'm not That's having. Awesome. I'm having an early screening. Like we're, I'm getting there at eight o'clock, so I'm gonna see it at like six o'clock at night, Thursday, first thing Friday in the morning. And 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 what I've said before is, to me, in my opinion, the most important showing is or viewing of of a, of a Star Wars film is always the second one. It's always. I agree. The, yeah, the first one, you your first one, you're kind of running around. You're like, oh my God, what is going on? You, know, you kind of, your emotions are running high, either negative yeah. or positive, And you just, you just don't know what you're going to get. And you know what? That second one, it really solidifies. Like you anticipate the things you want to see and the things you're kind of like, I don't know about this. And you see it again, you go, okay, maybe it's not as bad as I thought. Cause then I think the second time really reinforces either reinforces what you already think or it totally softens that blow. But either way, it doesn't, it, 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 you know, it doesn't like change your mind necessarily, but after, or after that second time you could change your mind that third or fourth time, it's probably not going to change if you still feel the same way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That second well, time it feels a lot more influential. Here's the thing for me as I, I just feel like I'm always able to enjoy it more the second time because the first time I go into it with so many expectations that, like it's and the first time you're always just bombarded with so much new information, but then it's always, you know, oh, how did this thing turn? Did this thing turn out the way I expected? Uh, you know, did my theory pan out? Did it live up to my expectations? Did the movie live up to the hype? Was it as good as the reviews said it was? Was it as good as I was expecting it to be? And so then the second time you get all that stuff out of the way and it's like, but it's still new enough that, you know, you can kind of be surprised by it. You don't have the whole movie memorized by heart yet by any stretch, but it's also like, okay, I kind of know what to expect now. And you can kind of just enjoy the movie for what it is, as opposed to what you thought it was going to be going into it. That said, I am really excited for my first showing Thursday night. And this is, the, I've only bought tickets for one showing so far, although I know I'm going to go see it at least one more time uh, before we record. Um, I'm probably going to go see it again either Friday night or Saturday morning, but just go to a theater that doesn't have reserved seating and just go, you know, whenever I've got free time or whenever I feel like it. Um, but just with Rise of Skywalker, like, I have no idea what to expect going in. And Paul, I know you've been trying to stay away from as much stuff as you can. And I, I said that I was going to try to stay away from stuff after the last trailer. And then every time there's been a new TV spot or a featurette or something, I'm like, oh, I guess I'll watch this. Or, you know, you're scrolling through Twitter and it starts auto playing and it's like, oh, well, I guess I might as well turn the sound on and watch it. 
Um, <laughs> and there's been some stuff that, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff that's just been like extended versions of scenes that we've already seen in previous trailers and stuff. There's also, there's been some other stuff that has gotten me really excited that I was surprised that they released as early as they did. And yet still doesn't really tell you anything. So going into this, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of stuff that I want to see play out, but I don't have like specific versions of things in mind. Um, like for example, we know that we're going to find out more about Ray's backstory, but I'm not like dead set on, Oh, I want her to be a Skywalker or a solo or a Kenobi or a clone of Palpatine or a creation of the force or whatever. Um, I don't care if she ends up with Kylo Ren, doesn't end up with Kylo Ren. If she dies, if Kylo dies, like, I have no idea how this is going to go down. I just can't wait to get my butt in the seat Thursday night and find out. Um, Cause we've seen just so much cool stuff in these teasers. And I just know that we are in for some amazing star Wars, but I just, I, I just want to be surprised and I know I'm going to heck. There was even stuff like, um, I don't know if you remember in like the TV spots for the last Jedi, uh, there was one that had like a clip of Ray when she takes Kylo's lightsaber and ignites it and everybody was freaking out and it's like, Oh, does she go to the dark side? Like it was kind of, that was one of those like spoilers kind of things that I wished I hadn't seen in a TV spot. And I think I was even trying to stay away from TV spots at that point, but I saw it like in a YouTube thumbnail or something. And I was mad that I saw that cause I thought it was a spoiler. And in the course of the movie, it turned out to not really be anything. Um, there hasn't been anything like that with Rise of Skywalker, like stuff that I've seen in TV spots. I've just been like, this just gets me more excited. There hasn't been anything yet that I feel like, oh, that gives away too much. Oh, I wish I hadn't seen that. Um, like there's still two more days. <laughs> yeah. How does Palpatine come back? Why? What's he been doing this whole time? How did how has he been planning all this from the start? Like. I don't know, I, I'm I'm going into this like again, with, with a lot of questions and expectations, but like a blank slate at the same time. And I'm just going to be like, give it to me, JJ, give me the goods. I trust you. So, um, now we're obviously excited just to see the whole movie in general, but is there one element that we know about the film so far that you're excited to see or excited to find out and see how it plays out? Because for me personally, I just can't stop thinking about, because JJ has said this on almost every interview now, you're not wrapping up one trilogy. You're wrapping up nine movies and three trilogies. And I'm just really looking forward to see how he does that and brings elements from each trilogy, each movie into the Rise of Skywalker to have it really feel like a conclusion of this nine episode epic saga that the Skywalker saga is. So I just I'm, that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most of, as I'm thinking about it is getting myself hyped up and just seeing how this movie really is, is going to take all stuff that we love from the previous movie and just have it end in a very satisfying way. At least I'm hoping, but every time JJ talks about it, it just gets me more excited about that element of the film, how it really, he really feels it's important that this movie just wraps up the entire saga, not just the sequel trilogy. So just right now, that's where my head's at. It's just where I can't wait to see how he's going to do that. It could be something really special if he does it, you know, does it, I don't want to say right because we don't know what right is, but mm -hmm. some that connects with us or connects with me that this makes it feel special. That's what I'm really excited to see and how it all plays out right now. Yeah. Well, I as think... for your question about like, what is there a certain element or something that I'm most excited for? Uh, anything with Kylo Ren. I mean, you know, 
he's my favorite character in the sequel trilogy, and I can't wait to see how they wrap up his character arc. Um, and again, I I don't even have expectations there. I'm not like, oh, he's going to be redeemed. Um, I'm like, I just know that he's not the main villain in all this, like Palpatine is. And so is he going to side with Palpatine? Is he going to be the one to defeat Palpatine? Who knows? But I, I'm really excited to see uh, how Kylo Ren's character arc wraps up. Um, also the Knights of Ren, I, you know, don't want to forget about all them and all this. I want to, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to finally see those guys in action. Uh, Palpatine, I'm, I'm... Palpatine, of course, um, can't wait to see how he plays into all this. And then, like you said, Tim, I just want to be surprised with some, some things that tie the saga all together. You know, we've speculated about like, oh, what if we saw Anakin Skywalker, um, or even, you know, there might be little Easter eggs and references to the Clone Wars or the prequel trilogy or, you know, whatever. Just the things that, that like, I am excited to see how he makes this feel like an ending, not just to the trilogy, but to the saga as a whole. Um, and just giving it that feeling of cohesion. So I'm excited for that stuff. And I just, I'm excited for the surprises. I'm excited for the stuff we don't know about because there's so much. Yeah. I'm excited for the, all the surprises, too. And like you said, Tim, how does he finish the saga? And again, how does Palpatine fit into this? Because obviously Palpatine is what's going to be connecting this whole idea of concluding this, the, this Skywalker saga. And are they going to, is this going to be revealed that the emperor was the one that created Anakin and he's the one that created, and maybe Ray is created by, uh, Ever Palpatine too. I have no idea. I, I seriously have no idea. And so there's, I have so much speculation. And again, I'm just wondering how they wrap everything up because how do you wrap something like the Skywalker saga up is it's really hard for me to just understand that idea. And I, I just can't wait. I, like I said, I I'm so glad I've stayed away from spoilers because I just want to be surprised. And I think there's going to be a lot of surprises in this. And if there's one movie that I was going to um, avoid these things on, it's definitely I'm glad it's this one, to be honest. So I'm ready. I'm, I'm excited. I just want to know what happens, and I can't wait to see everything all together. I, it's going to be I, – I can't wait. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Um, since our last episode, or at least since the last time that we did one of our regular episodes, we've gotten a lot of emails from our listeners and also um, just a lot of comments on social media and stuff. Um, so we're not going to quite wrap up just yet, but I want to read some of these emails. And in these emails, you guys asked a couple questions that um, you know brought up some points about episode nine and stuff that um, I wanted to address as well. Um, and I know Tim usually reads these, but uh, Tim actually suggested that I go and go ahead and read this first one. Um, and this is from Logan Simmons. Um, he said, hey, Tim, Paul, and Kyle, this is Logan from Phoenix. Hey, I'm from Phoenix, too. Uh, and I just wanted to drop a few thoughts your way. I know this sounds cheesy as all hell, especially around Thanksgiving time, but I am so very gracious for the saga continues. It's funny how Aww. just three guys talking up, talking up Star Wars, yet the connection with other fans creates such positive energy, even if even if us listeners are only on the receiving end of it. Much respect and gratitude goes your way. Um, and I actually, I think I read this on Thanksgiving Day, and I, I responded to Logan and said, uh, you know, just we really appreciate it and uh, feel the same way about all you listeners. We really appreciate you guys and wouldn't be here doing what we do without you. Um, 
He also says, anyways, I have two questions for the three of you that pertain to the sequel trilogy, and I would love it if you could take the time to consider them. One, given that Yoda confirms that it is time for the Jedi Order to end by burning down the Force tree and literally telling so to Luke, how do we reconcile this? Was the Jedi Order complacent and dogmatic throughout the thousands of generations before the prequel times, or was it solely during the prequels that the Jedi lost their way? If it was only during the prequel times, isn't Yoda throwing the baby out with the bathwater? One of the main themes of the Clone Wars was that it was wartime that fostered these negative aspects of complacency and dogmatism in the Order. It wasn't the Order inherently. I've yet to hear others uh, talk about this in regards to complaints about The Last Jedi, yet it seems that this is a pretty damning quandary. Um... So to address that point, I would say that when Yoda says, when, when it says, given that Yoda confirms that it is time for the Jedi Order to end, Yoda doesn't confirm that. Luke's, you know, Yoda burns down the tree and Luke says, so it is time for the Jedi Order to end. And Yoda says, no, time it is for you to look past a pile of old books. Um, and I think it's, it's not about the Jedi Order ending. It's about them growing and evolving and changing with the times and not being so stuck in their tradition and their old ways because that was what led to their downfall. Um, and it wasn't that the Jedi Order itself was wrong or needed to be destroyed, but just in its current state, yeah, they had let themselves grow complacent. They were totally blind to Sidious rising up and, you know, pulling the rug out from under them. Um... And so, you know, it almost ties into the theme of what Kylo Ren says um, when he says, uh, you know, let the past die, kill it if you have to. That's kind of what Yoda does. He's not killing the Jedi Order, but he's saying we need to move on from the old ways of the past because that didn't work out for us. Um, plus, Rey still keeps all those books anyways, as we've seen. Um, but yeah, I definitely don't think, at least it wasn't my interpretation of it, that, you know, Yoda wasn't telling Luke that it was time for the Jedi Order to end. I think he was telling Luke that it's time for the Jedi Order to to move on, to change and grow and not be so stuck in the old ways. And then, you know, Luke finally takes that lesson to heart. Um, and by the end of the movie, he, you know, when he's confronting Kylo Ren, he says, I will not be the last Jedi. So he's also reaffirming that the Jedi Order is carrying on in Rey. Um, and I think that's what Yoda wanted. So that's my take on that. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm in agreement with you, Kyle, as far as that's what I get out of it now. But I've said this plenty of times before, even on the commentary, you know, last Jedi review and other times it's come up. But I was think, or I do think that it could have been an interesting way to go if the, they really did believe it was time for the Jedi to end. Obviously, Luke did. And then if Yoda kind of pushed him as kind of Logan was saying here, confirming that if that was the case in The Last Jedi, I wouldn't complain about that as a direction that the sequel trilogy was going to move beyond the Jedi. And as you said, that whole line of Kylo saying, let the past die, kill it if you have to, how so many people take offense to that, of how Disney's killing what we love about Star Wars in the original trilogy, which is a bunch of nonsense to look at it that way, if you ask me in my opinion. But I just think it's an opportunity to get something new, because things don't last forever, and new things got to evolve out of old things, even if it's called something different, like not with the Jedi. So if Rey was the start of that, I would totally be okay with that being the direction that they wanted to go. And the Jedi Order did end with Luke right there. And But I also agree that what you were talking about, Kyle, how things did play out, that's what's going to happen here. And I'm okay with that too. I just think it would have been a really interesting direction to go if The Last Jedi was in fact Luke being The Last Jedi in that movie. And that was it for The Order. But in going back to what Logan was talking about earlier, as far as 
um, the Jedi kind of always being this way throughout thousands of generations and before the prequel times, as far as becoming their downfall. It was something that obviously reached its peak during the prequel era, and but it was had to be a slow build. And even though it's not canon anymore, I wish it would be, but those Darth Bane novels, um, especially the first one, how it kind of lays everything out, the Sith's plan of being in hiding, but yet at the same time, unbeknownst to the Jedi, it was the start of their downfall to kind of finishing this big war and rearranging how they do things. I forget the exact name of it. It's like the Jedi Reformate. Reform, uh, it's different. It's a long time since I read it, but there was a name for like this new start to the Republic and to the Jedi Order of how they were going to become like the Jedi we saw in the prequel trilogy. But so I always just thought it was something that was a gradual progression to that. And the Jedi weren't always that way. And that's why I think it'd be awesome to really see the history, the origins of the very early days of the Jedi, because it could be something totally different than what we've seen in the prequel trilogy and in other stories we've gotten with them so far. So there's just a lot of content to explore there. I think if they wanted to, to have it really be something interesting to see how the Jedi started and where they ended up being over the course of generations thousands of generations. So, um, but yeah, it's a good question. And it's a good topic to talk about because there's definitely different ways you can look at it once you really dig into what's being said there. So yeah. Which, just... yeah. Which by the way, I think is kind of the issue I think with the last Jedi with me and a lot of things that I brought up. And I think that, um, well, I'm sorry. What was his name again? I apologize. Um, Logan. 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 I I don't doubt. I don't blame you for thinking that you could interpret it that way. And I think that the problem with the Last Jedi, to me, is there's lots of room for interpretation. And I think some people like that. Some people don't like that. I'm one of those people who like a little more directness when with these things and a little bit and and um ambiguity. I can't really say that word right now. I can't pronounce words very well sometimes. Ambiguity, I think, is what it is. Uh, is fine, but I feel like with with Last Jedi, kind of, let's just say what JJ said about being being too meta sometimes, or you know, so people people all people a lot of people don't go into Star Wars wanting to have a meta message. I, I get that, and I, I think that that's kind of the issue with that movie sometimes. So I don't blame you necessarily for uh, you know getting a different kind of message out of what Ryan Johnson was trying to say. But I do agree with what Kyle said, though, that I think that the the point of that scene is Yoda is telling Luke, you've got to move on and you got to learn from your mistakes. And though I think that it's a it's a story that a story aspect that you can I don't know, you feel that he could have he should have already learned from the mistakes of the Jedi from the Clone Wars. And we all I think that's the part of the brilliance of the prequels that I took me a while to kind of figure out was because I'm a a dummy is Mm -hmm. that 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 George wanted to show us what how far the, the Jedi had fallen and that we again talk about subverting your expectations. George had an idea to from a longer game of the Jedi were these great, you know, these superpower people that we all wanted to see and we all thought they were great, but he took it in a way where they were so caught up in their dogmatic ways that they didn't see through the dark side. And, but the difference between, I think, Ryan Johnson and George Lucas and subverting expectations is that I think George a a little more subtle with, at least for the Jedi aspect of it. And looking back, I love 
what he introduced there. So, so yeah, I, I think that his whole point was to give us a, uh, or Ryan Johnson's point was the Jedi order needs to evolve. And I think you said that, uh, Tim, or I, I forgot who said that, but basically that's what Yoda's saying. It's time for the Jedi to evolve. And that is something, again, talking about exciting things for Rise of Skywalker. That's what I think is this movie is going to be doing. It's going to evolve the Jedi to a point where we maybe not have seen them before or what we've established in the canon. Excuse me. So I think this is what's going to be exciting to whenever they, they venture into this new territory of post uh, Rise of Skywalker, which could be a long time whatever whatever they decide to do, the Jedi Order will look a lot different. And that's exciting. And I think that, again, the Rise of Skywalker and Rey, they represent that new change. And what does that mean? We're, we may be seeing the seeds of that in this movie, of this growing mythology that we have. So that's really exciting. And I think that that's the one thing that I will give Ryan Johnson credit for and retroactively is that if they do do a, emphasize the idea of doing a whole new uh, Jedi order and how Ray's going to set that up. Then, then I think use again, using that scene that Ryan Johnson created in the last Jedi with Yoda destroying the tree is representing a, a, a visual representation of moving on to the new order of itself. Mm -hmm. Now, Logan had another question in the email. He said, if Palps is back, doesn't Ghost Anakin have to impact Palpatine's defeat in Episode Nine for the Chosen One prophecy Absolutely. to still have relevance? As a prequel generation fan, the Chosen One prophecy, Anakin's journey, and the theme of destiny is a big deal to me, and I feel as though some of this is about to be undone. Please put me at ease. Now, I don't remember if we've talked about this on the show before or not. I definitely, it's definitely something that I've thought about. Um, that's crossed my mind, but I can't remember if we've actually talked about this or not. Um, because I think this probably crossed my mind back when we saw the first teaser and, you know, that Palpatine laugh at the end. And then in the months since we've just gotten more and more of that, we still haven't seen Palpatine in anything yet. Um, but you know, we've heard more lines from him and stuff and, and heard people talk more about him being in this movie. And so it's become something that I've just kind of accepted, like, okay, Palpatine's back. Um, but I still have thought about that impact on, uh, the, the chosen one prophecy on Anakin's legacy and all that kind of thing. Um, and I don't know if I can put you at ease, Logan, aside from just to say that JJ has talked about, uh, even in some interviews that I've read recently, he's, he's talked about, uh, wanting to tie, the whole saga together and not just the trilogy, but the whole Skywalker saga. He, he said when he and Chris Terrio were writing this movie, they went back and watched all the star Wars movies and they weren't like combing through them, looking for little things to pick up on. But he said, they just kind of just watched all of them through, you know, one time each to just kind of get a sense of the overall story arc of the saga and then get some ideas of, you know, different things they could tie together and, and things that they could use to wrap it all up in episode nine. Um, but I also saw in a different interview where J.J. Abrams said that his favorite scene from the prequels was uh, the the scene in episode three where Palpatine is telling Anakin the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. Um, so knowing that he has an appreciation for for those two characters specifically and that he is at least open to carrying things over from the prequel trilogy. And I mean, if you're going to implement anything into episode nine from the prequels, I mean... 
again, Anakin, Palpatine, the Chosen One, all that stuff is is pretty heavy stuff to reference um, if you're bringing Palpatine back now, especially if he's going to give any kind of exposition about like what his grand plan has been this whole time. He could at least explain like, oh, this was Anakin's part in it, and then came Luke, and now comes Rey, and I mean, maybe they're all the Chosen One. I don't know. Um or maybe we'll find out that somehow Rey is a Skywalker and that this all started with Anakin and he passed it down to Luke and then to Rey. But maybe Force Ghost Anakin is going to come back. I'm not going to rule that out. I will say I'm not expecting Anakin to just walk out of the nether world of the Force. You know, and Palpatine has like used his Force Lightning and struck down Rey and struck down Kylo Ren and then Anakin comes out of nowhere and just destroys him with Force powers or something. Um, I'm not expecting that at all. I don't think Anakin is going to come back and be the one to take him down. But I think if Anakin plays a role in this story, that could be awesome. And maybe we'll finally get the scene that a lot of us have been wanting to see for the, for, you know, a long time where Kylo Ren is, uh, you know, worshiping at the shrine of Vader's helmet and saying, grandfather, I will finish what you started. And then we see the ghost of Anakin Skywalker come and talk to him and say, hey, what I started isn't what you think it was. Like, maybe nobody told you, but, uh, you know, I, I turned against the, the dark side and all that. And one thing that I've heard people say is uh, now that we know that Palpatine is back, um, Kylo looking at Vader's helmet and saying, I will finish what you started kind of gives that a new meaning because obviously there is something that Anakin started that is left unfinished and that's the defeating of Palpatine. So mm -hmm. maybe he'll be instrumental in turning Ben Solo against Palpatine or something like that. So I do think there's room for him to still play a part in all this. Um, and I do think it's something that will at least be touched on or addressed in the movie. And I just hope that um, those of us who are prequel fans will walk away from this feeling satisfied and like that hasn't just been completely ignored and I don't think it will be. You see, I'm coming from two different mindsets of it. I totally agree with what you were saying right there, especially at the end, how that could be a cool way for him to still play a role in defeating Palpatine this one final time and thus still filling the destiny of the Chosen One. But at the same time, I think he already did do that though. He did that though. It was accomplished in Return of the Jedi because the prophecy is, you know, the Chosen One would be balanced to the Force and destroy the Sith. He did that. There was balance well, I think in the it Force. Also, it also depends on whether he actually destroyed Palpatine and he somehow is being resurrected or if he had never actually died. I mean, I think a lot of this hinges yeah. on how Palpatine is returning to the story as well. But just for a time period for over 30 years, there was no Sith. There was balance in the force and it can fulfill the prophecy for a time. Now, like I said earlier, nothing seems to last forever. So the, the dark side was going to come back again. And in this case, it was with a Sith Lord with Palpatine returning as well. So I do think that let's say, they don't reference Anakin much in the Rise of Skywalker, and he doesn't play a part in defeating Palpatine in episode nine. I personally wouldn't feel so cheated or betrayed or whatever word you want to use about them kind of ignoring the prophecy of the chosen one. Cause I still think it had its time in that particular period of the original trilogy, return of the Jedi, obviously of it being fulfilled. It was fulfilled in that moment, but time moves on. The galaxy goes on and, Palpatine and the dark side reared its head again and it was time for a new prophecy to be fulfilled maybe that we don't know about that will be explored in the movie or somewhere else down the line so I'm coming from the mindset where I do want to see something like you were talking about 
with in the different ways Anakin could still play a role in fulfilling that prophecy even more so in episode nine. But if not, I don't think it would be the end of the world and me not being upset that they ignored the, the prophecy of the chosen one that was established beforehand. Cause I do think in the end it was fulfilled in that moment. Just, um, you know, as I said, the dark side never goes away, apparently. Uh, that's that's going to be interesting to me to see if they actually can have a definitive end to the dark side where or it's just gonna, where it's really going to be balanced and they establish that it's going to stay that way for the foreseeable future. Now, I don't think they'd want to just in case they do want to make more movies beyond that, exploring the dark side and the light in the force. But that is an aspect of it. I am curious to see if they're going to go all in and really definitively put it into it with this obviously being built as the last of the Skywalker saga. So um, I'll be curious to see if that is something that they decide to do. But yeah, so that's where I stand on it right now that if they don't have Anakin be involved with it, um, it's not going to be the end of the world for me as far as them ignoring and the established prophecy of the chosen one that came before. Yeah. And I do agree with you on that too. Like it's not, it's something I've thought about and it's something I would like to see addressed. But at this point, I am also kind of accepting that like this now is Ray's story and Kylo's story and I'm not going to be too torn up about it um, if, you know, if, if they don't address that or, or bring up the Chosen One prophecy or anything like that. Um, and you could also chalk it up to, too, the fact that Yoda says it's a prophecy that could have been misread. Like maybe the Jedi in their dogmatic ways just put too much faith in that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know, I, but I'm, th that's almost something that for me, I'll, that could be something that's maybe disappointing for me after I see it, but I don't have like a specific way that I want to see that worked into the story right now. Um, there's just, again, so much that we don't know. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I'm trusting JJ to, to give us a satisfying conclusion. And again, even if it doesn't address the chosen one specifically as long as there's some sort of prequel reference um or something that you know again makes it feel like they are you know wrapping up this whole saga and not just uh this trilogy um and feeling like it's connecting all those threads i think i'll be happy with it yeah i don't um i i i think that you have to have anakin in there but i definitely want more mythology and i, I want there to be a reason for ray to be existing and again in the, in the, the, to make the mythology to push the mythology forward that's what i want so i'm hoping we get that in this movie if and again i hope the chosen one or something like that is talked about with ray because again just heart that would harken back to the previous films but we'll see yeah, and then uh, just to close out the email, Logan says, on the brighter side, I've got my tickets and I am beyond ready. Who knows? Maybe episode nine will be my new favorite. Egot! What is Misa saying? It's almost impossible for any movie to be better than episode three. Good God, Misa did no intending for Disson to be reading so long ago. My apologize. Have Yusa <laughs> a bombad Christmas and holidays, guys. From Logan Ryan Simmons. And that's why um, I suggested you read the email. <laughs> <laughs> Although I kind of want to hear you do that voice too, Tim. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you very much, Logan. Um, happy holidays to you as well. Hope you enjoy the movie. Um 
I'm I'm not going into it with any expectations either of like where this is going to rank in my overall Star Wars movies. I think that was another uh, issue that I had with The Last Jedi. I got so hyped over the trailers and then the positive reviews it was getting and stuff. I I legitimately went into it thinking this might be my new favorite Star Wars movie. And I wanted it to be. I wasn't necessarily like I mean, I knew it maybe wouldn't be, but like, I, uh, that's what I was hoping for. I was like, I want something from this new era of Star Wars that can be my new favorite or top what's come before. Um, with Rise of Skywalker, I mean, I have high hopes for it. I want it to be good. I'm kind of hoping that it'll, that it'll be my favorite of the sequel trilogy, but I'm trying not to really place those high expectations on it and be like, oh, it better be this good. Like, I just, I want satisfying answers to my questions. I want good, entertaining Star Wars, and I just want a good, fun movie. Yeah, that's at least at the very least what we could ask for, just a good, fun movie. But when it's Star Wars, you got to have that little something extra that puts Star Wars above the rest of it, just any other old good movie. So, <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, Tim, I know we got a couple other emails, so I'll let you uh, take those ones that I'm guessing don't have uh, Jar Jar voice requirements. <laughs> Not that I remember, so I think we're in the clear <laughs> there. But our next one comes from Aaron Chavez, who sent an email in response to our Last Jedi commentary. He goes, hey, guys, so I'm looking forward to finally getting Ray's parentage settled. I don't think it should have gone on this long, and it's incredibly distracting. Honestly, I think they could just leave it as it is. She doesn't have to be a descendant from someone we know or some other Jedi. Anyone can be a Jedi. By that, I don't mean any Joe Schmo who's already been living for a while can become a Jedi. I mean, the Force chooses who it wants to be. A I've got this after of. you're done, Tim. But <laughs> <laughs> you should say that because he goes, I think Paul misunderstands when people say anyone could be a Jedi. Oh, My interpretation okay. is that you don't have to be of some Force powerful family. Anyone could be chosen by the Force. Go for it, Paul. <laughs> and who was this again? This is from Aaron Chavez. Mr. Chavez, thank you for writing into us. Really appreciate your, your question. I do. So you're right. Anyone could be a Jedi. You're absolutely right. I would never diminish that idea that the Jedi are only from these Force families. Because think about this. What we got from the Clone Wars and or the again, the prequels and what they've kind of established in Jedi uh, before that was that there wasn't really any force families because once you were force sensitive, the Jedi would basically kidnap them and say, no, we got them now. And they would run off and they couldn't procreate, at least, at least as a Jedi could and blah, 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 blah. The point is that in the original trilogy, we all thought that Jedi you know, could do whatever they want. So having a Jedi family or something like that made a lot of sense. Obviously, George had other ideas. He subverted our expectations. He did the Ryan Johnson before everyone else did. Uh, no, <laughs> pissed off a lot of fans too. Just like yeah, that was. <laughs> but, but again, I, I in retrospect, and, and George had a, was had a lot more to play with than Ryan Johnson did too, because he's the creator of everything. The he kind of took that idea and threw out the window. So the fact that Jedi's didn't have families and couldn't have super ultra force sensitive children, at least that to, and be in the Jedi order was, it was interesting. So Anakin being this anomaly, just of this giant Medichlorian chosen one was a big deal because that was a whole point that George 
put in midi chlorians in the first place. That's why everyone got all mad about it in the first place, too, is because that whole aspect of, well, people could just be, if you're force sensitive, you could be a Jedi. And that's just me. Anyone could be a Jedi. You know, and George kind of said, hey, guys, guess what? There's actually different levels of Jedi. And we all kind of assume that, but he really took it the nth degree and said, no, 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 no. Some people are more attuned to it naturally. And, and again, made some people are more special than others. And I think that that's kind of where I come from is that, yes, anyone could be a Jedi, right? Or and not every Joe Schmo, but you don't have to come from a, from a bloodline. I think George makes it very clear in the Clone Wars that that's the case. But not everyone's Master Yoda, right? Not everyone's Mace Windu, right? Not everyone's Anakin Skywalker, right? Yes, Especially we have. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. of course, we've got the Quinlan Vosses. We've got the um, Gonna Die from the Clone Wars, who was a <laughs> oh, one-off thing. But, no, the Jedi you chose. <laughs> no, no, right? But that's the whole point. Anyone can be a Jedi, and you're right. Anyone can be a Jedi. But if you're going to go up against powerful things like a um, a force wielder like like Kylo Ren, who is ultimately has a ton of training, super powerful in the force, and then you can hold your own against them, you should have a darn good reason why. And not just because you're an average Jedi. No, no, no. You've got to be something more than that. And again, from a story aspect, in my opinion, this is only my opinion, in my opinion, you have to establish Rey as something more than just a average Joe Schmo Jedi. And I'm not saying that she has to come from the Skywalkers, though if you introduce her in the Skywalker saga, I just would I would I would think that you would want to make her some kind of connection from a story aspect. Now, Again, this is the end of the Skywalker saga, and we, we at this point we don't know what's going on with her, and I'm, my mind's open at this point. But you have to establish her as some. There's got to be a reason for her to be able to hold her own against Kylo Ren and to be powerful. And she has she has connections to the Skywalkers because she sees the island, she sees her future. The Force obviously wanted her to awaken and go to see Luke and all that jazz. So there is a there is something special about Ray, and I hate to say this, my wife said it best. She said, um, "You know, you, if everyone's special, then no one's special." So there's got to be, and obviously George has set up that there's certain Jedi that are more powerful than others, and that's just the way it is, and that's just life, right? There's more. There's people going to be better at things than you are, than and better at things than I am at that we love to do that we just don't have the talent or the, or the prowess or whatever that just makes us better. And giving back to Star Wars, th think about this. Obi-Wan Kenobi, right, we all know is a, is a baller. We all love Obi-Wan Kenobi. Dude's like a great Jedi. What happens at the end of Revenge, Revenge of the Sith? He says, send me to kill the Emperor. I can't face Anakin. He's like my brother. And what does Yoda tell him? Dude, you're not strong enough to go up against the Emperor. Yeah. There's established rules and regulations, if you will, that pretty much tell you that Jedi aren't all the same prowess and there's certain levels of it. 
and may, maybe, and I, I know a lot of uh, OT purists like JJ and Ryan Johnson probably didn't like that about the prequels. And they're like, we're going to make the Jedi be back to be, everyone's on the same level. It's like, no, nah, that doesn't work. And I think that George has mapped it out. And I think that now, I think JJ has kind of brought it back to what, more what George wants because I think all the retcons were kind of see coming about Ray. There is something more about her. I don't know what it is. I have no idea, but there's more to her story. And again, let's hear what has to be said because again, you have to have a reason for Ray to be to hold her own against Kylo Ren. It's like Luke Skywalker could didn't, didn't hold his own against Darth Vader. I mean, it, he was like the son of a chosen one. He's super powerful in the force more than attuned than probably any other Jedi out there. You know, that's why he was able to pick things up a lot faster than most people or whatever. So I would tune Ray to be like that as well. So you have to establish what exactly makes her so powerful in the force. And it could be as simple as she's the next chosen one, which would make sense because again, like what Snoke says, he kind of has a, a undermining thought or a line in last Jedi when he says, darkness rises and light to meet it. And it could be as simple mm-hmm. as that, but again, well, yeah. And that, like in Aaron's email here, the last line he says is anyone can be chosen by the force. And I think that's, that's a simple counter to everything you're saying is you could just go with that argument. But the difference is that that's not just any Jedi. The force has to choose someone specifically for that. It can't just be, Oh, I just grabbed the lightsaber. I'm going to do this. There has to be a destiny because that's what Star Wars is. It's well, right, but that destiny doesn't have to be tied to a bloodline. Like the Force could have chosen Rey, and it just be like, "There's darkness. Oh, I know. I need to find some light, and I'm going to latch onto this one and lift her up, and she's going to be the one." But, um, but, but, but again, the, my point is that he was saying you don't have to be a, from a bloodline. You're right, but at the same time, there's you have to be special. And that's the whole point of, of Ray is that you have to be escalated more than just this, you know, anyone can be a Jedi. And that's what he's arguing. He's arguing. But do you be have to be, do you have to be special in order for the force to choose you? Or do you get chosen by the force? And that makes you special. I don't know. That's that is therein lies the question. And that is the, the debate, to be honest, because like if the, because if the force chose Ray to be in this position, then I would say that makes her pretty darn special. Even yeah. if she does come from nowhere. And what that would mean, that would mean she'd be super powerful and that she'd be the next chosen one. So therefore she would be like a special bloodline at that point. So you see what I'm saying? That you can't, you can't just say anyone could be a Jedi, but anyone, it's like, you can, you can say that. But you have to, in order to go up against these powerful people, you have to be more than what you are. And not just any Jedi can just do that. And that's what the whole point of Anakin being the chosen one and Yoda and, and all that setup. And again, she could be like a Mace Windu. She could be like a, a next Yoda where she's, again, I don't mind that. That's because to me, that it would make sense. But right now, what we're seeing, we don't really see that. And we don't know the connections and especially right now too, excuse me, is that the force has been like, we don't know how every, how attuned everyone is in force sensitivity because also in the same thing that, that Snoke says, darkness rises light to meet it. What does Luke tell Ray? I've only seen this power of one other person before my nephew. So you you're kind of establishing that like, man, not very many people are very powerful like this. So 
it's this very special thing. So you're establishing the fact that, man, she's got connections. She she obviously saw this island before. She tells Luke that. She's as, a, she's as powerful as Kylo Ren is, which is the only other person that Luke Skywalker, the only Jedi Master in the freaking galaxy, is establishing. So there's got to be something more to her story than just this average Joe Schmo. And then again, it could be as simple as the Force chose her. And maybe Luke has a line in, in The Rise of Skywalker saying, you you know, there always has to be balance in the force and that the chosen one going forward, there's always a new chosen one that has to bring that balance. And you are that new chosen one. That would make me so happy to hear, because again, you're enhancing the mythology and the Skywalkers were the start of the balancing. And again, I'm just speculating or my own idea, but again, that's just not some average Jedi. And I don't, and that's what I'm saying. You don't have to be from a bloodline necessarily. You're right. And I'm not necessarily. I would prefer that if you're if you're entering a, a protagonist in the Skywalker saga, but we're not, and we're ending the Skywalker saga. So therefore, Ray has to be something as substantial of something. Not saying it has to come from someone blood related already, but if I if it was up to me, I would have made her a Skywalker, and I wouldn't have had to be a mystery. She would have been a Skywalker from the or or Solo or whatever. From the start, and it would have been about a brother versus sister. I know it's very EU driven or whatever, but I would have had that that dynamic of these two characters being connected from an emotional, you know, from an emotional level and having that be drawn out over three films. That to me is what I would have preferred to have seen. But again, I'm open minded. I want to be shown that if this is the end of the Skywalker saga, give me a satisfying ending to it. And Ray obviously is is and again. This is again, I want to emphasize this as well. If you're advertising this as the end of the Skywalker saga and she's your protagonist, she's got to have some connection to the Skywalkers. Not saying she's blood related or something, but she's got to have some kind of connection, you know. Whereas obviously Leia and Luca trained her in some ways or whatever, but there's got to be something more than just like, Oh yeah, I'm this new person that's hanging out. Like whatever, I'm the average Jedi. It doesn't make sense. That does not make sense in my opinion. And I'm not trying but to undermine. You could, but you could also have the Skywalker saga end with the Skywalkers handing the torch off to a ne- to the next generation. Yeah, but then why call? Who don't why necessarily Skywalker. have to be Skywalkers. I don't, I don't know why. Call, I exactly. don't know. We'll find out. We'll find exactly. out. That's, um, that's what I'm and obviously, and obviously, there is more to it. So, exactly. you know, I mean, I, they I, said they said as I agree with some of what you're saying. I disagree with some of what you're saying. I do think, I mean, the thing for me is, I don't think Ray needs to be anyone special, but they've hinted at the fact that she is with yeah. the things in the Force Awakens, yeah. like her seeing yeah. the island and Ky- Kylo. The fact that Kylo Ren is like, "What girl?" and like seems to know who she is. And then the last Jedi kind of tosses that all out the window. And so I think this might be JJ not just saying, hey, let's kind of go back on this because fans weren't happy with, it, but maybe he always envisioned there being more to that story. So I'm excited to see that all play out. And uh, I don't know, this will definitely be an interesting topic to revisit once we've got answers from the movie. And, and, and Mr. Chavez, I would love for you to write in to the show. You can write me on Twitter if you want. If you know, again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful and, and you know, I, I love debate and, and Kyle, though you disagree, you know, we can agree to disagree, whatever, but right in the show, keep the debate going because ultimately I think, I think, I, I think we're getting a lot of answers in rise of Skywalker. And I think that I'm curious what the people who want her to be a rando and average Jedi or whatever, they, 
they can have that, but I just, I just, I just don't know. I, I yeah, I just don't know if you can do that for the Skywalker saga. I, I just think that, especially if you're going up against the Emperor and Kylo Ren, who are obviously extremely powerful in the Force, you can't just have some average Joe Schmo person go up there and be like, "I barely can beat you. I'm gonna beat you though." It's like it just doesn't. There's no drama in that, in my opinion. There has to be equal footing to make it just at least more dramatic, at least in that respect, because you got to give her a fighting chance at least. So I don't know. And again, being special is, is, is a very subjective term too, right? I mean, we could be arguing different things and could mean the same thing. I, I, I just feel that Ray, I want Ray to be special. I want Ray to be again, maybe the new master Yoda of the next Jedi order for the next you know, hundreds of years or whatever. And she ends up being like this big mythical uh, person, That'd be rad because she is so powerful in the force and she lived through all these different things. So, and again, that'd make her special. So I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I, I just, I want, I want Ray to have more meaning other than just, I'm a nobody. I, I just, I just rubs me the wrong way. You know, again, yeah, this was, well, it, it seems like we're getting more than that. So praise God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing's for sure. As much as, the debate we have now without knowing the answer, knowing the answer is going to cause even more debate as far as what we think of the decision and the different ways it could have gone if you're not happy with it or if you are happy with it, why it makes sense to us, why we think the decision they made for Ray ends up being what um, keeps us satisfied as far as where her story took her. So it's just one of those things to look forward to in the Rise of Skywalker, that's for sure. But I do agree with what Aaron said at the beginning where I don't think the mystery of Ray's parents should have went this long. I mean, I thought by the end of yes. the Force Awakens we would find mm -hmm. out, and then for sure in the Last Jedi, and like I like I said in the commentary, I accepted eventually, not right away, where that was the direction they were going to take Ray, being from nobody. So that could end up being why the Force chose her because of her having such a terrible upbringing. That's what the new chosen one of the light side would have to go through to be, I guess, a paragon of the, of the light side of the force, so to speak, to come from that tragic upbringing. But in the end, it's going to make her better to be in the light side of the force. So I was all, you know, thinking these things in my head to have that be a cool background and story decision for her. But then once <laughs> JJ kept saying there's more to raise parents inherited than what's been revealed so far, then that just got me thinking all over again of what it could be and her connections to the Skywalker and the force itself. So all that speculation and just wonderings back again. And, but this time for sure, it's going to be resolved this Thursday. <laughs> We're going to know for mm -hmm. sure. No, if, and, or what <laughs> yeah, about this, it. Yeah. No going back on whatever they do this time. Yep. And can I, and can I say too, that I just, if it's not what I think originally wanted and, 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 or preferred or, or think that's fine. As long as it's a good story. And it, and it took me a long time to get to that point. Tim, you, you of all people know that. And oh, yes. for, hearing from me. But really, ultimately, at this point, I just want a good story. And if it, again, if JJ can stick the landing, I'll accept it. But you've got to stick the landing. And if you're going to make her an average Jedi where it's like, you're you're an example to all Jedi in the future. And it's a great story and they, they, they nail it, then give it to me. So, yeah, I, I just... Yeah, I, I whatever whatever it is, I'll accept, but make it good. If it's just average or it's mediocre, I'm gonna call it out and say this is bullcrap. But <laughs> oh, at, no, at you the, will. right, but at this, <laughs> yeah, but at this point, I, I just want a good story. 
So I'm open to anything. I really am. I'm open to anything. I have my preferences, but more I can honestly say more so than ever, I'm more open to the sequel trilogy ending than ever before. That's a long way from where you came at the start. So <laughs> that's good to hear. Yeah. But uh, Aaron finishes his email by saying, having said all that, perhaps I'm contradicting myself, but I think Ray is a clone and the evil Ray we see in the trailer is the original. My other I somewhat- I love that. Love it. I love mm. it. <laughs> Give it to me. Says, I would not love that. Comedic theory is that evil Ray is actually our Ray but she is a clone of Anakin made by Palpatine, female to hide her true self. Somehow, at some point, she loses her memory. She gets conked in the head, maybe, <laughs> and becomes our mild-mannered Ray. Anyhow, love the podcast. Well, thanks for the email, Aaron. Obviously, it created a great discussion <laughs> and debate for uh, Ray and her role in the Skywalker saga and just the galaxy itself. <laughs> and being the chosen one for the light side of the force and just how that is all going to play out. It's going to be fascinating to see. And then you throw in the dark ray aspect of it. I don't know why, maybe it's because we only got one shot of it in that D 23 trailer, but that's just an aspect of the movie that I kind of forget about. But then when yeah, I think you keep about, forgetting it, about it, but when I think about it, it goes, Oh yeah, we got that to look forward to. And what Thanks is that? For reminding me. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just, I'm trying to forget about it. Oh, hmm. Don't say that. <laughs> Unless no, you're trying not, to forget like about that. it because you want to be surprised by it. Exactly. Thank okay. There you go. Yeah. Well, I think we're all going to be surprised just finding out how that comes to be. Like, is it a vision? Is it an actual thing? Like, I don't know. I, I think, you know, that every option is still on the table for that. And as much as I scoff and say i don't want it to be you know don't want her to be a clone or whatever like it could be i don't know my guess is as good as yours yeah i mean there are all those theories are out there and it's probably going to be none of them are accurate something we're not even realizing or thinking about and in the end if that happens and it's satisfying that's going to be great <laughs> something we're not expecting but yet it makes total sense and we're happy with it so mm -hmm. we shall see and then one more email. This is from Eric Newman with the subject title being The Last Jedi Hangover is Over. <laughs> he goes, I'll always have Star Wars. I had a rough time before The Last Jedi, end of a long relationship, but I thought I have Star Wars. Force Awakens and Rogue One were amazing, and I was enjoying most of the books and comics coming out. I saw The Last Jedi with friends and, they, and a crazy pump crowd who were super excited and loud through the whole film. I loved it, right? I left the theater with a disturbance in the force. I didn't get choked up. I had mixed feelings with what happened in the film. Then the internet exploded, and for two years, I have been at an unending tug of war with this film. I love bits of the film, but agree with many issues as you guys laid out in your commentary. In the end, I know my hero came back to help his family and friends in the perfect Jedi way, and I'm trying to see the film in the positive note. I would interact with you guys and the community more in the past, but it took, two, it took two years to slowly get me back to those Star Wars feelings. The Clone Wars save trailer started it, then J.J. returning to direct, Charles Soule and his incredible Vader comic, and of course, The Mandalorian has been amazing. No spoilers, but that last Rise of Skywalker commercial, with spoiler, <laughs> sent me to the stratosphere. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I, I just got I know just which one you're talking about. Yeah. We do, except Paul. <laughs> yeah. 
And he goes, I just got married in October. I am in such a happy place now. Well, congratulations, Eric. That's great to hear. It's perfect lead up to the rise of Skywalker, hopefully ending your year off on a great note. So that's awesome. And he concludes his email by saying, you guys are amazing. Thanks for bringing joy to this fandom. Let's all have an amazing week of Star Wars because like the Force, it will be with us always. Amen. Yeah. Amen. yeah. Well said, Eric. Very well said. Um, yeah, and congratulations on getting married and uh, hope you're still riding that joy and excitement right, right into this Star Wars season. And hey, glad to have you back. Um, and, you know, I, I've said this time and again, like with some of the criticism and stuff surrounding the Rise of Sky or uh, The Last Jedi, like there's been some nastiness and, you know, the, the toxic side of the fandom that everybody talks about. But there are also a lot of just good people that have legitimate gripes with the movie, like Eric and Paul and a bunch of other people. And, you know, you're allowed to not like it. And, you know, I, I totally get where you're coming from. And if it puts you off with Star Wars for a while, that's a bummer. But I'm glad that there's been more stuff since then that's gotten you excited and gotten you back into it. And uh hope you enjoy this ride into episode nine, just like the rest of us. And that's what's great about having all the Star Wars content now. Even if you're disappointed by one movie, there's other things you can go to that could, you know, satisfy that Star Wars craving. Like I said, the Mandalorian yeah. and Clone Wars coming back. So that's just, you know, you've heard some complaints about having too much Star Wars or Star Wars fatigue, but I feel the exact opposite of that. When you have... <laughs> Is anybody fatigued right now? <laughs> Not us, that's for sure. But it's just great. You can have other things that are almost just as good and can enjoy as you would the Star Wars movie. So that's just what makes this time period so special being a star wars fan and in particular this very moment that we're in with rise of skywalker mandalorian jedi fallen order clone wars in two months so it doesn't mm -hmm. get better than this so yeah it's amazing so that's it for the emails but a couple of twitter responses as far as the excitement for the rise of skywalker coming up first up is hassan scarborough at fetmatic on twitter says i'm ready for anything and my excitement level has increased a few decimals and Chris McGuffin at The Curse of Chris says, I'm cautious, cautiously optimistic about it. I had no expectations for The Last Jedi and still ended up disappointed. But I really have faith in this one, and I think it will make me view The Last Jedi in a more positive light. And then Sarah Lydia at Sarah Lydia says, Please, cinema gods, let JJ make it all better, and may The Mandalorian make up for everything we lost in the last 20 years. Not sure what she's referring to as far as what we lost in 20 years, but apparently has been the big fan of certain elements of Star Wars that got in the last few years. So hopefully the rise of Skywalker uh, makes you feel better, Sarah, once you see it on Thursday. And then Derek Beebe says at, or I should say Derek Beebe at Derek J. Beebe on Twitter says, I've been so excited about Mando. I haven't even been thinking about nine. That being said, I have faith JJ is going to make an amazing conclusion to the saga, just as enjoyable as the force awakens. So yeah, there it is. I mean, even if you're not fully excited about episode right, episode nine right now because of rather being disappointed with The Last Jedi or certain elements of Star Wars that you haven't enjoyed over the last few years, there's just no escaping the buzz surrounding it. And I'm just hoping that that creates an excitement in you if you don't, if you lost it or if it wasn't as big as you were hoping for going into nine. But just that as we're getting closer now and as we're seeing the final Skywalker saga unfold in this coming in these coming few days and this weekend with its release uh just hopefully it just you know get you back into star wars like um some of our responses were saying how they hope it does and 
I just got a feeling it will. And obviously not everybody's going to like it, but I do think there's going to be a good majority of those who have been disappointed with The Last Jedi or just Star Wars in general. Um, they're going to, episode nine could be that one that ended on a positive note for them and maybe feel better about things moving forward. Like, and just like I just mentioned before, with all this other great Star Wars content, just so much stuff to enjoy right now. And hopefully episode nine is kind of the culmination of all that and just have that time where it was where we're just all enjoying Star Wars without <laughs> all this divisiveness and nastiness and this stuff that's been going on these last few years. And it is disappointing to see, but uh, if it's anything going back to those early pre-Force Awakens and even when the Force Awakens released, that was just such a fun time just geeking out about a new Star Wars movie that we never thought we were going to get and we got it. And again, starting back to what I said at the beginning of this podcast where it's so hard to believe that we would be at a point where we get to see episode seven and now we're at the end with episode nine. I just think it's a time just to celebrate Star Wars and just to be happy about the franchise in general and just try to remember why we fell in love with it so much, even if there are elements uh, that haven't worked with you recently. But because there's always that one element of Star Wars that I think you got to look back on or cling on to that just makes you realize why you love it so much. And then hopefully you get that again when seeing this movie. So just uh, if you ask me, just a lot to be excited about with this one. So <laughs> obviously we're excited. Yeah, definitely. A lot of you out there are excited as you expressed in emails and responses here, but it's just an exciting time. <laughs> I'm just so glad we're in this week again and bring on Thursday, I guess, because it's going to be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, yeah. Thank you to to all of you guys for chiming in with your thoughts. Um, yeah. And uh, especially, you know, to those of you that, that write us emails and, uh, you know, just we love hearing from you guys. Can't wait to hear from you all after the movie comes out and see what you thought of it. Um, man, here we go. You guys ready? Three days left. Let's I do know. this. I am. As you were reading those, Tim, I was I'm starting to write a tweet of my own saying I'm signing off until after the Rise of Skywalker. I'm, I'm like fighting with myself right now because I'm like the movie's going to be over soon and those first reactions are going to start hitting, but I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just going to get off of here. I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to try to stay as spoiler free and reaction free and, you know, just stick my head in the sand for the next three days. Um, and then, uh, just come up ready for some star Wars on Thursday. Well, um, feel free to text me if you want to know the general <laughs> reaction of people. I might, I'll be but, at it. <laughs> see, here's the problem, though. Like, I only want to know if it's good. And so <laughs> you can't tell me, like, if it's not good. But at the same time, I don't know. I feel like all the early reactions to these type of movies are usually good anyways. And yeah, so I'm like, definitely true. I'm not really going to be surprised. All it's going to do is get me too hyped if people are like really loving it so uh, i don't know i might text you about it at some point but i'm <laughs> i'm gonna just try to go into it with my my expectations being a blank slate um but we'll see if we can manage when when we come back with our review episode i'll let you guys know how i did i also said i was gonna stay away from tv spots and i've watched a crap ton of those so. <laughs> more than i have <laughs> who knows who knows um but, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for now. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks again to all of you that wrote to us and commented on our posts. And, uh, you know, just it's man, it, it, I all, you know, I thought I would be kind of more uh, uh, reflective right now 
on, um, and we, we've talked about this earlier in the year, um, both with our saga commentaries coming to a close, but also just with episode nine coming up, um, you know, especially for you and me, Tim, we've been doing this seven years. And when we first started this podcast, we were, you know, episode seven seemed a long way away and we couldn't even fathom episode nine. And now we're at the end of this trilogy. Um, it really feels like a big milestone and like the close of a, a close of a chapter. Certainly, you know, we're not going anywhere. There's a lot more star Wars coming after this, but, uh, at the same time, I'm almost just too excited for episode nine to feel, you know, nostalgic or or emotional right now. I'm just like, I just want to see this freaking movie. So um, (laughs) it'll probably hit you afterwards. Maybe when we're doing our review episode it'll yeah probably when we're doing our review or when we're doing our commentary or something like that there'll be time for you know more uh more reflective stuff later but um for now man just i i am so pumped for episode nine so uh again thank you to all you guys for for chiming in with your thoughts uh if you want to uh send us email you can send us email at star wars tsc at gmail.com we would love to hear from some of you guys after you've seen the movie uh, hear what you thought of it. And, uh, you know, we'll be sure to share some of those, um, you know, some of you guys' reactions and reviews as long as, uh, or as, uh, along with our own thoughts, obviously after the movie, um, you can follow us on Twitter at star Wars TSC, uh, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash star Wars. The saga continues. Uh, our website is star Wars TSC.com. Um, and of course also be sure to check out thunderquack.com for, uh, faster, more intense for the Mandalorian episodes and rebel cells and all the other, uh, great podcasts in the Thunderquack network. Um, but that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the rise of Skywalker. May the force be with us all. And we will see you next time. See you next time, everybody. When the saga is complete. Godspeed rebel. Yes. Mm. (laughs) 